and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I am Ben Hansen, joined by a full crew, everybody. About to get fuller, we have Leo Vader in the middle. Hello, thank you. Welcome. We have Kyle Hilliard. Where am I? It's not important. We have Janet Garcia. Hey, what's up? And we have Jeff Marchiafava, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! It's so nice to see you, Jeff. How are you doing on this day? Doing good. We just got back into town 20 minutes ago, so really? I've been running around like crazy. <laughs> Where were you at? But it all worked out. Where were you? Uh, we went up north to visit my wife's parents because our baby son just turned one year old. Oh, so congratulations, Marky, your father. That's beautiful. He had his first taste of cake. Oh. Um, he didn't seem to care that much. But then really? he was up until like controversial midnight, take. So yeah. <laughs> See, that's one of those things where you know I'm uh, stupid uh, on a lot of fronts, and that whole idea of like, yeah. oh, if you have too much sugar, you'll stay awake. I was like, I don't think sugar really affects me in any real way. I, but seeing kids, it is like a very tangible thing. Even just my nephews, it's like, oh no, it reworks their entire evening if they have some sugar in a way that, of course, still affects me as an adult. I just don't quite. I didn't believe it until I saw it with my own freaky eyes. Yeah, I, I saw a YouTube video of a nurse supposedly debunking that, but I got to trust what's right in front of my eyes, and that kid wouldn't go to sleep last night. So. All right, well, there it is. Um, this is a huge episode of the podcast. Technically, every MinMax cohort is going to be on this episode. We have five on to start, and then we're going to be swapping around. It's going to be a bit of a mess, but a fun mess, Leo Vader. What? <laughs> I don't what do you know. want from me? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you're right in the <laughs> middle, so I constantly feel like I need there. to like <laughs> throw it at you. Holding that in for some time. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be talking about Far Cry 6. Uh, Ubisoft gave out a lot of code for that sucker, so we've all been playing it and have some thoughts. Uh, then Halo Infinite, they had another one of, uh, I think it was like Phase 14 of their slow trickle of getting more and more people to play it, but it was kind of public. If you went to a preview thing and, and all that insidery stuff, you had to download the insider program. Point is, we're going to be talking about Halo Infinite. Uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed. A surprising number of us have played it. Who exactly? Find out later in this show. Then, of course, we have to talk about Super Smash Brothers and the big reveal of the new character. Jeff, do you know who the new character is in Smash Brothers? Oh, of course. It do blew my mind when I heard. Honestly, do you have any idea? No. That's amazing. All right, let's save wow. it. Let's save it for that. Let's save it for that part. Uh, then some great community questions in the back half of the show. Sarah Pizorski will be joining us in a bit. But we're going to kick things off in the way we like to kick things off with a little help from the community with something we call community kickoff. All right, we have one question that we've pulled up top, but it's still eligible for question of the week. Are you ready for this one, Janet? Yes. Okay. It goes on something afraid. like this. Okay. Empiric Unicorn writes in. Submits this question over on patreon.com slash minmax with two wins. Empiric Unicorn says, Hey CLCs, what game world slash level do you think would smell the best? Simple, hmm. effective question. Just a good smelling game world slash level. What's that Mar I forget the name of the Mario game, but the one where everything, all the worlds are named after foods. There's like... The cookie area, and there's like a cake area. I mean, is that well? The one I'm the one I'm thinking of is uh, Sweet Sweet Galaxy from Super Mario Galaxy, which is mm -hmm. basically like 
your big guy little world and you know running down a obstacle course of like cookies and cakes and different sweets and stuff like that. See, I thought about that too because there's that cooking level in Super Mario Odyssey, but I think that's a fatal flaw with this question. And Leo, I see you nodding in a way that it means you can only agree with me because if you go all food level, that stuff has been there for perhaps thousands but no, of but years. This is in, <laughs> in Galaxy though, it's specifically like candy. The one in Odyssey is like, it's you know, there's different yeah. foods and the stuff. Soup. There's carrots that can go bad. But here, it's all sugar-based. So you're saying if I... I think had- like everything's coated in magic, though, right? Where it doesn't go bad. Because if, if that was true, when we got there, it would be disgusting already. Even then, I think yeah, if you're just true. looking at food, like, you know, like food, I'd imagine a lot of commercials isn't actually tasting that good. It's just they make it look really good, but it's probably been sitting on there and it's probably cold. I think the same would be true, like, in a oh, Mario no, level. Like, literally put shoe polish on chicken to make it look like it's been oven roasted. I can't like, eat it any yeah. other way. I'm just saying, I think like the Rayman Mario <laughs> levels like with food, I think you have to go more subtle with this question. Like my first instinct was, uh, this might be insane. I was going to Peggle, like opening levels of Peggle where it's like Lake Geneva in the background, just nice, crisp nature. Or oh, okay. What okay. a Midwest there's, answer. No, there's, there's, issue, there's animals. Issue. There are animals present. There is a unicorn. There's yeah, it's a, a unicorn that like craps rainbows that, that also away. would it's, smell it's good. Done. Yes, Leo. You think, you think Peggle Unicorn smells good? He's stuck in that little circle. He hasn't been able to get out in years. I bet Bjorn smells good. Absolutely. I would put money on that <laughs> if anyone wants to take that bet. But Leo, uh, query? Yeah, no, that's the, the unicorn throws it off for sure. I was going to say the same thing. Okay. If we're talking opening levels of Peggle. But it's Dang. interesting that so many of us, I was leaning Super Mario Odyssey too. I feel like that's there's got a lot of... Uh, Good smelling levels in that franchise. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's just, just really hungry because everybody in Nintendo has just been working way too long in all those Mario games. So they're like, what if there's a, a donut plane? Oh, just get me out of this office for the love of God. Yeah. Oh, and that's like, I don't know why I forgot like Super Mario World. Yeah, that's what right. I was talking about. Right. Where there's like donut planes. There's like uh, the, right. the, the chocolate island. Mm-hmm. There's um, a few other ones as well. So I think that's up there. And if we're assuming that everything is magical and not disgusting yeah. that one mario kart 8 um level where you're like driving through like it's like peach it's not peach's castle but it's like um it's everything's all like like baked goods everywhere right 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 okay it's, but like, it's like, like the, the sugar rush from would... wreck it ralph level yeah, yeah you, you got like tires yeah, and like exactly diesel engines though i was thinking about like i don't know how souped up are these i mean there's a mercedes in that game right so like maybe they would it would be disgusting like there'd be like skid marks everywhere and yeah stuff, but, but what if yeah. there's a f- air freshener in the mercedes hanging from the mirror that new car smell in uh, mark yeah. Eight. yeah any game with one air freshener i think is the answer to empiric unicorn's question Wait. here Hold on, is the answer Gran Turismo? Just because it's all new cars? Uh, <laughs> Nothing new go cars. Back a couple like entries, they like don't even take damage, so they're like all definitely new. That's a solid one. I I still think the question was level though, right? Yeah, level slash world. You know, it it also included a whole section Experience. about which character do you think smells the best. I'm like that gets a little creepy if we're like shoving our nose <laughs> into Crash Bandicoot's armpit or whatever. Like, yeah, we're, we're better than that. But thank you. Why'd you have to go for that immediately? <laughs> There's know. so many steps you can take before that. Clearly not better it. than that because you still said it, Hanson. Dang it! You put it in everyone's minds. And Eric Unicorn. Uh, thank you for submitting a question over on Patreon. Um, all right. Here's the thing. 
we're not talking about Metroid Dread on this episode, no matter what. But here's a couple minutes about Metroid Dread. Um, we have not played it yet. Uh, reviews are out. Thank God they are very, very good. Uh, it's fantastic to see. Congratulations, every Metroid fan out there. We all did it together. Um, we're not talking about it in a big way on this episode because we're going to be talking about it in an even bigger way with the deepest dive on Metroid Dread. So it's going to be a huge Community Game Club discussion. If you want to join this experience and actually remember bits and pieces of the game that normally you would just fly right through, but with the deepest dive, you get to slow down, discuss it all in a huge community game club. You can join the deepest dive by heading over to Patreon, even at that $2 tier. You can jump in and submit a comment about the game's first half. We're going to have a post up on Patreon on October 11th. You submit a comment about the game's first half. We'll read it on the show. You can also unlock the podcast version of The Deepest Dive on Metroid Dread. It is going to be the best, most thorough discussion about Metroid Dread on the internet. So, for the first half, you're going to stop after you defeat the fourth Emmy. Now, Leo, I know what you're saying. Fourth enemy? That doesn't seem like too long, right? Don't put words in my mouth. Okay, sorry. Um, Emmy, everybody, the big, like, <laughs> robot things. After you defeat the fourth one, that's when you head over to Patreon and submit a comment for us to read on the show. It's going to be a lot more fun to play as a group. We're going to have dear friend of the show and super fan of Super Metroid, Joe Juba, joining us for that adventure. And also Kyle and Janet on her first deepest dive. Yeah. Yeah, should be a blast. So head over there and support us on Patreon to join in the adventure for the deepest dive in Metro Dread. And then also, of course, we'll be talking a little bit about it next week for the main show. But, all right, the big thing here, Far Cry 6 is out this week. Uh, a lot of us have been playing it. Reviews are out. And this is one of those where, <laughs> even before I started playing it, I wrote down the note in my phone that said, you already know the review for Far Cry 6 before you read anything, before you play it, you know exactly what everybody's going to say, which is a very simple thing of, yes, it's more Far Cry. And some people are burned out on that, some people are not. But I just from my high-level perspective, it seemed like people in this Slack might be more positive on it than I thought. But like, Leo, where are you at with Far Cry 6 so far? I'm hotter than I expected. There we go. I... Th I was with you on expectations, but I yeah. think honestly at this point I'm I'm you know maybe eight hours in at this moment. Yeah, uh, I think it's getting a bad rap for being just like other Far Cry's. To me, it feels more like a throwback to Cry Two, but with really? a lot of the quality of life changes of the newer Far Cry's. What about that? Just more systemic stuff, or what does that mean when you say Far Cry Two? I mean, like more grounded, more like on the boots on the ground in the middle of this big conflict rather than this like superhero that's flying all around it. Right. I guess I'm just, I'm more intimidated by fewer enemies, which I think is a good sign because there's mechanics now where you're like scouting out areas like always, but you're seeing this person's weak to this type of ammo. This person's weak to armor piercing. This person's weak to poison ammo and then like planning your loadout and how you're going to move through it to take them out the most efficiently. Like, Having it a bit more slowed down and a bit more thinking, I've really been enjoying. Yeah, and where I'm at now, I'm like four hours in or something, or it's like, okay, it's kind of cool that they have some of those light Shadow of Mordor elements, at least, of like trying to make you analyze the situation a, a bit more and find out these weaknesses. But where I'm at so far, it really hasn't been important. But like, I don't know, as the game goes on, you think it gets more and more important? Necessarily. I think it's something that people, I've read in reviews, people saying, you know, it's an interesting system, but it doesn't matter. You can still just use any ammo on anybody, and that's right. true. But it's very satisfying to use the right ammo and have an easier time because of it, you know? Yeah. Janet, you've been playing a lot of this. Where are you at right now? I'm like, I live in Yara. Like, oh, I'm, ne I'm never going to escape. Castillo's regime is just too... It's too, it's too down-packed. <laughs> um, but I'm like... 
oh my god i gotta be like at least 20 hours into this thing oh nice i have i'm really far in i think after this quest line i'll be at whatever like the end situation is and i don't know if the end's gonna be like one thing or like that was part one like i'm really afraid right right <laughs> that there's mm -hmm. a lot more but yeah I'm, I'm really deep into it what do you think i like it overall um i think for me the experience has been a lot at once and at times a little uneven i think like i like this game the things i like most about this game are um the gunplay just inherently feels good like it's fairly simplistic satisfying to get you know those headshots in i actually really have loved the scouting in my preview i used it a bit but i'm like how much am i really going to be out here scouting and it kind of right. felt like at least in my preview time that it was really funneling me more towards just go in there and like get good with your gunplay because at the end of the day you're gonna get caught like the stealth isn't gonna work and then you're right, gonna have to do right. that anyway i did find that like as i actually played through the majority of the game that there were a few more moments where it really did benefit me to go in quieter because just depending on the layout of what the mission is like there might be enemies more spread out where it's a little bit easier to to take it in a little bit quieter i really enjoyed doing stuff like knocking out you know pinging the cameras and then knocking those out like the satisfaction of of um like seeing someone run for the alarm and then you either shoot them or shoot the alarm it's like oh man like little moments like that are really cool and there's a lot of like like silly fun dumb stuff in there that i enjoy like the amount of different like horses and vehicles you have like the weird customization um i will say my biggest con at this point is probably just because there's so much the campaign at least does feel a little bit bloated at times like there are missions that are like this is the same mission but now it's a different building and i'm like eh, right, this is the same right. thing they're like oh you're stuck in a room and like it's filling with gas i'm like oh it's crazy like the first time it happens and the second time i'm like you really putting me in this guy and then like the third time they're like but now you got to turn the valves instead All so right. i think moments like that make it feel kind of like it's inherently a repetitive game in 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 nature but i think stuff like that makes it feel more repetitive and then when you start kind of looking at your watch looking at the runtime like kind of trying to get to the end I, I think it gets a little bit weaker but even in that there are times where like it hits random highs narratively yeah. um I, which I think, I think will happen for different people at different places because it has a, a narrative structure that can, you can kind of take anyway yeah I think it's really telling that like this is your first Far Cry that you really dove into right and like I think yeah. it's a good they're just like oh no it's a fun game I think like for people coming in you forget those basics of like there's so much to do here there's so many things to play with that for me, at least, it feels weird that in the opening hours, it's still, like, not really grabbing my imagination. It's weird to be like, here's a bunch of toys, even though it's the sixth time, almost, we've had all these toys. It's like, I think I'm good. I need some hook to really keep me rolling at this point. Like, the main story isn't doing it in a big way. I don't know if that evolves or what as it moves on. Yeah, I like the central I mean, story, but not really any of the side characters so far. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to get back to the core conflict. But the thing that has grabbed me is the gear system, which mm. is like a, a gear system like you're envisioning in your mind, except numbers have nothing to do with it. And you just pick up one piece of gear from one specific spot that lets you run faster and you never have to upgrade it or do any of the annoying gear stuff or like just switch to something with a higher number because you're going to have a higher power level or whatever. Yeah. It's more about just collecting every piece. And I wish there was some way to like make loadouts from it because they have really interesting uh, skills, specific things that it feels fun to, you know, get access to and never have to worry about like losing value later on right and right that, and leo correct and both you and janet uh leo um <laughs> that is kind of replacing the sort of abilities that you could unlock right because i yeah i there's do no miss that 
There were five skill yeah. trees in Far Cry 5. Oh my god. Five for five, you know? That's right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so they are making like small tweaks to the formula to try and be like, oh no, we're changing up. You got this uh, rocket jetpack thingy. There's enough small things here to kind of shake it up this time around. And it's still, I think, going to be capturing the people that love this stuff. And I don't know if the setting or anything else is going to be drawing in a, a whole new audience. But Jeff, um, you're slowly nodding. What's your take so far, man? Yeah, I'm. I'm on the. I'm the bummer of this conversation. I yeah. guess I'm on the other spectrum of just, like you said, this is like my sixth Far Cry game, I think, and it it has been kind of grinding me down. It it feels too samey. I do like. I do like the gear system. I think that's probably my favorite part. And unlike Kyle, I don't mind that they got rid of the skill trees because I've gone through those skill trees so many times. It is nice to just be like. Hey, here's a hat, and that gives me, you know, like some some ability or perk that matters to me more than just the dumb numbers going up. But beyond that, like I I didn't fall for like the you know like the story push that PR was doing of like this time it's going to be different and it's going to be political and we're going to do a better story this time around. But it it's still it it just feels so much like all the other Far Cries that I played, and I do I feel I've felt bad the entire time I've play, been playing it because it's like, this is as good as any other Far Cry game, right. probably better than every other Far Cry game. And <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just that I've done this so many times that it's it's not pushing the buttons for me. Like what could they Far do? Far Cry's cat. That's right. Yeah, but seriously, if Both you were good like, and worse than all of them. And everybody has a different read. But like, if you were running Far Cry, Jeffum. What the hell would you do? Like, they've literally, in that DLC for five, which I played, and it was cool just to have, like, a standalone weird things. Like, oh, here's a Vietnam Far Cry that's a couple hours long. Here's Far Cry on Mars that's a couple hours long. Here's Blood Dragon. Like, they have tried everything. At a certain point, it's like, hey, it's just a fun open-world game. Take it or not, everybody. Please leave us alone and stop critiquing us. Yeah, I I don't know. You can't eat, like... Like, they got to Blood Dragon so fast, you know, of right. like, let's do something crazy. And and it, every time since then, it's like, let's do more crazy things that we're going to attach onto, like, the main kind of experience that's a little safer and a little more just like, yeah, you're you're a revolutionary. Like, I felt like I've been a revolutionary in so many franchises, in so many games, and this one hasn't been doing anything super different other than I like Guapo, my alligator <laughs> yeah it is funny like Leo, you talk about like how they're trying to be more grounded and they have like you know you get to see your character in cutscenes this time around and there's some uh, emotional beats in the opening that they're really going for and then it's like countdown within five minutes and it's like and here's an alligator with a t-shirt on here we go everybody <laughs> okay you can change the t-shirt i have him spray painted like gold and in purple he basically looks like an la laker in my <laughs> playthrough and uh that thing's my best friend they're like there's other ones like you can unlock, and you can unlock Teresa almost basically through the campaign technically he's like a side quest but the side quest is like literally like feed him or something it's like very oh, simple yeah. but then there's a bunch of other ones to unlock and i was like no, I, I'm good with the alligator. And I feel like it's kind of been my playthrough of Far Cry, but I'm always like weird with this stuff where there is so much that they introduce and so many options. But I'm like, no, I'm going to I'm going to pick my loadout as a sniper rifle, a good sidearm, the whatever your um, I forgot the name for it, your uh, reservoir re- weapon that goes with the Supremo, the backpack thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and basically an AK and then like one other thing. I don't know. I'm going to count too many guns. I'm like, that's it. 
you know, I'll, maybe we'll get better versions of that. Like now the sniper and rifle says four on it. So it's a better rifle because the game told me it was. That's it. I'm like armor piercing, not armor. I'm like, no, we don't got time. We go and just, it's just all vibes. Like this gun has a blast round. I'm not really thinking about whether it has You're a good. blast round, but I do like that they, it's, it's easy, quote unquote, enough that you can get away with ignoring some of that stuff or like Leo mentioned, like you can really lean into it and be very strategic, but I kind of went more for a, this is a catch-all build and, and like Leo, I really, really wish they had loadouts. If they had loadouts, I would totally have, you know, almost like Animal, animal Crossing style wand is what this game needs, where I can go into a situation and say, okay, I'm, I want to go in really quiet, so now I'm going to like equip a bunch of stuff with like, you know, it's weaker guns, but these, these are guns that I can have, you know, my silencer on. Because there yeah. are like unique weapons in the game that you cannot mod. And like some of my builds are with unique weapons. So I kind of like, I'm like, well, I got, we're done. Like it's ready now. So I wish they did have, they leaned a little bit more into the dynamics of their own systems and made them more enticing and easy to get into. Yeah, yeah, there was like one time I was facing a helicopter for the third time in a short period. And those things are so annoying that I was like, switch to the DLC Blood Dragon gun, which has uh, blessed rounds. And it's hilarious to use. And I put on like special gloves to do more damage to helicopters. <laughs> and I actually shredded it pretty fast. And that was satisfying. But it just takes too long to go through those menus, especially with the damn ass console cursor menu navigation that nobody likes that every game uses. The only UI yeah. that exists and has ever existed, you mean, Leo? <laughs> right. Yeah. Much to all of our chagrin. It gives you time to think, you know, while it's panning over. It's mm -hmm. like when I yeah. like I use the auto drive constantly and I'm like, this is my time to check Twitter. But then I look up and it drove me straight into an enemy base. And I'm like, never mind. <laughs> you, ran, you ran over a horse and you just feel like an awful person. There's I have so corners. many clips of like I called my car and it like straight up just annihilated like the horse I was on or like killed <laughs> oh, like my or I like have like so many silly clips of like. The guy drove my car to me like, oh, here's your ride. And he's like running away. And then someone else just like runs him over and dragging his body several feet down the street. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, what my friends and I were doing last night and taking clips of is going to the top of mountains in the game and running and sliding down them because the slide yes, is yes, great yes. in this game and it's very physical and you continuously slide down hills if you're going down hills and you can turn it a little bit. So we're like dodging trees and ending up flying off a cliff at the end and going into a wingsuit. Very fun. That's amazing. Very good. Yeah, you've been playing co-op then, Leo? No, no, that was just in person trading off. Oh, but the gotcha. whole thing's playable in co-op. Yeah, right? it, it's super cool. It's one of those things. Of, yeah, if you have a buddy that just want to play through a full campaign this year, it's going to be one of the best co-op experiences. Imagining the tech works. I haven't checked it out. I don't know if there's any widespread complaints so far. But yeah, Leo mm -hmm. or uh, Kyle, you tweeted about that uh, having that parachute glider experience whenever you want, jumping off yeah. of anything is just game changer. Which is, it's not new to Far Cry. Like, that's, yeah. I, four might be my, sort of mechanically my favorite one, because you can get, like, a gyrocopter and a wingsuit and a parachute. I think the gyrocopter was not in three, if I remember correctly. Right. So, yeah, I mean, once you get that and you can leap and, I mean, I, I'm, that's great. That's all, that's, I'm, that's all I want. I just want to be able to jump from really high heights and not die in a video game. <laughs> that's, like, my favorite thing, you know? We've got you covered, man. Hanson, have you, have you gotten the uh, wingsuit yet? Have you gotten that far in the game? No, no. Like, I just got off kind of the first island, more or less. Okay. Yeah. So when you get the wingsuit in this, like, little friendly town, it's actually a place where you play in a third-person perspective. What? And there's really? a woman there. 
Yeah, and you walk around in third person, and there's Weird. a woman there. She's like a cab driver, and she gives you these missions. I think they're kind of designed for specifically for co-op, but they're these like there's these blocked off like they're not even on the map. She just takes you somewhere, and it's this big open area to explore, and you can. It's, it's this interesting mission where you have to like get a bomb, but you have to keep the bomb cold, so you have to like find water sources to run under the, uh, the water. It's cool, but the reason I'm asking you about it, and the reason I'm making sure you play it, is because like the first one is a very, very overt Jurassic Park reference. Really? Like the area is basically Jurassic Park. With not, they're not live dinosaurs, right. but like you have to go to the vid- visitor center, which looks remarkably oh. familiar. Oh, and, okay. and there's like these big dinosaur statues everywhere. It's like I just you you need to you need to like make sure you at least play enough to check that out. I will know? absolutely do that. That that sounds that sounds good. Um mission design in general is good. Like I just want to say for for all the critiques it gets of being just another Far Cry and like just another checkpoint clearing thing, like don't feel like you have to clear every checkpoint. Go do like the treasure hunts instead. Every treasure hunt I've done has been an absolute banger. There's one where you're exploring this like flooded underground nightclub. There's oh, one where you're weird. swimming around this like creepy jellyfish cave that looks like nothing else in the game. Huh. I think some of the side missions are really enjoyable. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, my nuts. Um, is there no option for Spanish audio in this game? I was looking around for a while. I couldn't oh, find no. it because it's one of those after a while. I was like, God, I'm I sure. would just like to, I don't know if it's just like the main character's voice isn't working with me, but like, I just feel like I would like this game so much more if it was all in Spanish and I couldn't find it in there, which seemed odd. It seems like you just have to be on top of that because they opened the game with like a million customization op- options and a million, you know, um, it's like accessibility the menu for op- you right up front. Yeah. Is, default cool. reads the menu for accessibility. It's really yeah. bold in that way. Yeah. So I was digging around for a while. I couldn't find it. And giving you the Different option to, to choose your color for uh, what items are highlighted as is so great. Yeah. I, I wish every game, I changed that to like the hottest, like neon purple that I could find <laughs> so that I can actually see stuff when it's out there. Interesting theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So like, I haven't, I haven't seen many people talk about it. This is like, this is a weird thing. I, do, do any of you guys watch Ted Lasso? I don't know if any of you guys watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, Great but not, the, not season two. Yeah, just started it. Okay. And, and no, no spoilers. There's a character named Danny Rojas in Ted Lasso. Yes. You know, which is <laughs> yeah. the character that you, that's your name, uh, regardless if you play male or female. And, you know, it, it's not that weird that, you know, characters in different fictions have the same name. But in Ted Lasso, the the, the huge part of the character his characterization of, of Danny Rojas is that he says his name and repeatedly, and he's like, Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas, football is life. So like every time your protagonist character like introduces himself, they're like, Hi, I'm I'm Danny Rojas. It's a lot. Like, I can't get that out of my head. This like very memorable character from Ted Lasso. It's I'm really sure they're already yeah. recording the VO when Ted Lasso started blowing up that everyone's just like, oh no. Or maybe hey, I good. Saw, people I was, talk about it more. I saw a lot of people mention that like around like the preview cycle where they're like, I'd see like someone say Far Cry 6 and then they'd be like a gif of Danny Rojas being like, Danny Rojas, Danny, Danny Rojas. Yeah. 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 I love it. That's oh, so good. What so, uh, yeah, I got, I, I'm curious the timeline about it because they were probably like they were like well into development when that show premiered so. and became a big hit. And they're I mean, it's, it's a good thing, right? It's yeah, yeah. it's fun. What uh, what do we all think of Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad um, and the villain and everything under the sun at this point? Is he doing it for anybody? Fun. I actually do think I do think his performance is actually pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I think my my only my beefs with Giancarlo's casting are the beefs I always have, which is that he's like not a Latinx person who takes Latinx roles. Right. Um, he's actually done an interview explaining that too. Someone asked him like, 
it was with that. It was like years ago. And he basically said that he feels like there aren't enough Latino actors to do it. So he just does it himself. Interesting. Um, which feel that way, <laughs> feel however you'll feel about that. But that was his response. So um, but that aside, you know, I think he's a fantastic actor. And um, I think he does a really good job being the big bad because it's a role he's played very well all the time. He's like, right. kind of quiet, scary. And when he cut like he elevates and, and centers in a way that no other character does. And part of that is through the writing. You know, they didn't they could have made Danny have like way more of a distinct personality and be way more like, you know, stand outy. But they, they I think they've put a lot of um, detail into like their side characters and building out like their little personas that you'll see throughout the campaign where they have their own desires and, and baggage and in like ideas of the revolution and stuff. But right. like there are some cutscenes here, like with Giancarlo Esposito, where I'm like, like he's in his bag right now and it's part like his acting but also part the the writing that they did for his character like i think they do such a good job like there's a cutscene that i thought was so good i recorded the cutscene don't know what i'm gonna do with the recording because i'm like i don't know like i just thought it was a fun scene but like he has a lot of like nice little speeches about sort of what his intentions are and like his willingness to be evil in the context of the evils that have existed in the world. And even though like far it's, you know, it's far cry. So they're out here like you got a horse and it looks like a zebra. Like it's, it's definitely <laughs> that that's the game. Uh-huh. But there are all these little pockets of like interesting ideologies getting tossed around. Like he has this without too many spoilers. He has a speech where he's like, Oh, like you're coming at me about how I, how I build Yara. Like is an American America built off slave labor and prison labor. Like, what do you call that? And it's like, right. it's just like, I'm like, damn, like this is like, it's going there. And then, it, you know, we're back to like, the horse zebra, but it has those fun little pockets of intrigue. <laughs> See, Jeff, it's political now. It's everything you wanted. I haven't gotten to that. Oh, there we go. I look forward to it. Uh, Far Cry 6. I mean, Leo, do you think you're going to be fighting for it decently high in the 210s for Game of the Year stuff? Very possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's got that thing I like. You know, I, I will swear fealty to any game where I feel like I stumble upon some unique way for me to play it. Right. That feels like I built my own thing and I got to be creative and it was rewarding. And for me, that is like I have this parkour based loadout where I run really fast when my guns are holstered and after I slide and the game has all these guerrilla paths, which go which are like blue paths throughout the map that go through the mountains and have a lot more climbing and wingsuiting and ziplining and stuff. Yeah. And you never run into enemies on them. So you like sneak from objective to objective through those. And I just use my speed based loadout to like cruise through that with my cheetah friend it's just a that, sonic game at that point <laughs> yeah pretty much but doing like a weird specific thing like that that feels very satisfying that's how i get my heart tied up in a game and right, you may see right. me really coming to bat for it yeah oh that's cool that's cool to see um yeah it's on everything not switch obviously but it's a it's very cross-gen like i've been playing on xbox series x and like the environments look good faces are like okay doesn't exactly feel like it's pushing the hardware yet, so there's room to grow and all this stuff. But still, pretty good looking game. And there's a. I also want to say shouts out. Yeah, it's got cross progression. Ooh. So someday I'm gonna get bored of playing it on PlayStation. I'll forget about it, and then it's on sale on PC, and I pick it up and I can pick up right where I left off. Thank you. That's great. Also, a shout out. It That's has cool. a cockfighting in it apparently. Uh, like I didn't. Yeah. I haven't gotten this to, to this yet, but I saw somebody was tweeting out a clip of it. It's like it's just a full on fighting game with chickens that has like a fighting game character select screen and stuff. They're really going for it. Uh, all right, Far Cry 6, everybody! But hey, look at this. The king is back. The one and only Halo Infinite. Uh, they had their most open beta period yet of, like, it's a lot of the multiplayer is ready to go here, um, which is going to be free-to-play when it releases in December. But, uh, Kyle, you played it? 
Jeffum, you yeah. played it? Uh, yeah. Janet, did you get a chance to play it? No. Okay, that's I'm just going to wait for the whole game. I'm just going to stick to the campaign mostly, too. So. Oh, interesting. We'll, well, I don't know. We'll see. Are you not a big multiplayer person? No, no, I'm not. Like, I might try it just to be like, I'm trying it, but... The short answer is no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, I'm most curious what you what you have to say about Halo Infinite because like uh, the last time I tried to give a new Halo games multiplayer a real a real shake was when Halo Four came out. We went over to your house and got a bunch of TVs together and everybody was ready to go and have a good time playing Halo Four. And it wasn't a result of your hosting abilities for having people over. But I remember just leaving that night and being like, "Oh boy," trying to like recapture some of that Halo we, we magic. We ended up playing Left 4 Dead. Like, yeah, later. it was just <laughs> telling, it was you know? not a blast. But I don't know where you're at, Kyle. But I'm really, really enjoying Halo Infinite so far. Yeah, it caught me by surprise. Like Janet, I'm not really a big multiplayer person, and Halo is kind of the exception. Yeah, like Halo Two and Three and Reach were were huge for me. I played a ton of those, and. I, it's one of those things I can't even really totally put my finger on it, but something about Halo Infinite, it's like this This feels like old Halo, like more than five or four even came close to this. This is nostalgic for me. I, I don't know what, what they did. I mean, I, I can I can outline things that I know are new and different, but like the core game, I don't know what they missed in four and five that they're hitting here, but like I had a good time. <laughs> there's, some, there's something magic. Like a lot of it is just, oh, the sound effects are so nice. Like doing Big Team Slayer, we were on like that bigger map with the evergreen trees around, like getting in the back of a warthog while some other person just jumps in there and we drive around. I was, I had a huge smile on my face, which is pretty rare for me with multiplayer games. I'm like, all right, this is it. I think this one's breaking through. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, gosh, what is the the, the riot uh, shooter? I can't believe I can't think of the Valorant. name. Valorant. Yeah, yeah, like and Overwatch to a certain degree. I feel like those games, you know, I I played a decent amount of those, but the thing about those is like they go so quick, yeah. right? Like you get killed so quickly, and it was it was sort of nice to get into these gunfights that last a little while, and you can get out of them, like you can jump out of them, you can you can get to cover and like toss a grenade, like. Meeting meeting someone on the battlefield is not a death sentence, where in like most other shooters, I feel like it is one way or another. Like someone is going to die very quickly, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was it it was nice to be able to just unload like almost a whole clip in someone and then run up to him and hit him in the back, you know, with a melee. Like it just felt good. Yeah, I feel that for sure. But the downside with higher health pools in multiplayer games sometimes is that four people sticking together will win automatically against mm. any small smaller groups they run into do you feel like that's the case in infinite i mean i don't know it's it's tough to say because i wasn't i was just playing against random people there wasn't a lot of teamwork happening i mean you you get a good grenade under someone's feet like you can take out a big group you know what i mean and maybe that's sort of the counter to that but i mean you're right and that's but that's fun right if like if you do have a group of people that you're playing with and you're just like sticking together and taking everybody out i don't know that's a good time to me (laughs) For, yeah. yeah, for the group of four, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all that matters <laughs> is your experience. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, it's interesting. Like, you know, we just did the deepest dive. Feels like we just did. I guess it was a while ago now. Uh, the deepest dive on Halo 1, and we had a whole episode just talking about the multiplayer. And, like, this game, you're right, Kyle. Like, it feels like Halo 1, but obviously it isn't. I mean, you're looking at the sights. You're sprinting all over the place. It's so much faster and stuff. But, like, do you feel like you were back in the groove there, Jeff, with the little bit you played? Um... <laughs> Sort of, but I don't know that I enjoyed myself. Oh yeah, like I, I, I think they'd made the absolute right call in trying to capture the older nostalgia of it, and it did feel like the older one. I just don't know 
that I enjoyed it as I was playing it. But I think, like, I think the test would be, like, with the, with going back to Halo, we played that with our community. Yeah. And we were all, you know, we could all hear each other because we were all on headsets and whatever. I think I need that kind of experience to actually enjoy it. Because I played on, I think it was like Sunday night or something, and I already felt like I was behind the curve. <laughs> like I, I was playing with people who must have been in every single beta that they've done for the past year or whatever. Because I was, I was just getting mowed down left and right while yeah. I was trying to figure out. I liked the um, grappling hook; that was cool, it's super um, fun. But yeah, and and I, I like I like the fact. That they're that the weapons are just out there on the map. Like I'm, I'm what so tired said. of stupid loadouts that I'm never gonna be able to put the amount of time into to upgrade them totally. or you know to know them as well as other people. So I, I do like everything that they're that they're doing to make it feel like an older Halo game. But it was, it was just I, I need, I need more time with it, and I need to, I think, be playing with at least some friends so that I can. Have some. I, I'm not on the four player team ultimately. That right. Leo was right. talking about. <laughs> yeah. The other guy. We're getting crushed out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think, I mean, obviously it's going to be free to play. I think it is poised. Unless there's some big technical disasters, I think this multiplayer is going to annihilate. I think it's going to be huge. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, Warzone level big, but like, especially on PC, free to play on PC, everybody's going to be playing this thing. I mean, I, I think Halo so. and. I feel like Halo is also like an easier game to share a clip from and mm-hmm. have a better understanding of why it's interesting. Like I've hit a point now where I'll be on Reddit and someone will share a clip of Overwatch and I have no clue why it's interesting right. or what happened. Right. You know what I mean? And the same with Valorant because it's so fast. Where Halo, there's a lot of physics at play. I mean, if you if, if a warthog gets blown up and wipes somebody out, like that's just cool to look at. You know what I mean? To watch that vehicle just roll over somebody. And that's and that's what I was seeing during the beta was all these people sharing clips of just like stuff that I could understand why it was really cool because it was all physics and playground based. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. A little bit more battlefield in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also, there was like little upgrades that I liked. Like uh, now when you shoot somebody, it kind of highlights them so you know where you're shooting. Like their their armor lights up in a bright way. So if you're hitting them in the arm, their, their arm kind of lights up. And that was actually making it a lot easier for me to shoot people in the head because you could tell much easier when you were shooting people in the head. And that was that was like one of those like small tweaks that I was like, oh, I really like that. Yeah. And there's small stuff, too. Like, obviously, we talked about it before, but it's the weird idea of it's no longer red versus blue because they're playing so much into customization for this game that they have like, what is it? It's like the opposite team has a certain it's like, a red outline. outline versus blue outline. Right. Exactly. <laughs> then the color inside can be completely different, which is a little bit jarring at first. But I think the system works well. And I think it's worth it. Ultimately, I, I know they're going to, you know, they're trying to nickel and dime us to some extent with, you know, some unlockable, you know, um, just aesthetic stiff and whatnot. But like still, I thought it was impressive that even just in this little test i went in there and designed my own character and like there was enough fun stuff where i ended up caring about what i looked like like you can attach like prosthetic limbs she just have like cool metal arms and legs on your soldier and stuff like there's enough in there it's like okay mission accomplished game i normally don't care about this stuff and i left actually caring about what my character looked like um music they're they're going right into it you boot up at least this technical demo it's just here's the halo theme on blast right at the title screen what do you want from us but then the rest of the music and especially like in the menus after that kyle i don't know if you notice this but it's like sounds like explosions in the sky or something it has like a really beautiful tone to it that i'm all on board for so halo infinite we'll be talking about it a whole lot more in the future everybody but so far feels good 
I'm still, just to put this out there, just so I seem maybe like a genius someday, I'm still not convinced that campaign's hitting in December. I know they just reiterated it, but like this silence is getting is getting big and that thing's going to be coming in hot and there's so much goodwill about this multiplayer if they just led with this compared to a campaign that isn't quite fully cooked yet it could really hurt the multiplayer and so i wouldn't be surprised if that campaign somehow is delayed and you just download it after the fact but who knows uh all right uh hot wheels unleashed is a game Leo, you said that somehow you played it, which is surprising to me because it doesn't seem <laughs> Do like you guys your type know of thing. why. No, I was hoping you could tell us. Are you okay? Or did someone kidnap you? <laughs> I just noticed it was free on my Epic Games account, and yeah, small player, big world will get me in the door of just about anything. Yeah, Mister Jeff. And I was like, you know, I, yeah, you get into the odd car racer, worth checking out. Right, right. But I think Janet, I assume we're all on the same page of like surprisingly good for Snarkady Racer. Yeah, like it, it's kind of fire and I'm sort of shocked by it. Not that I didn't expect it to be good because it's, it was actually on my radar for quite some time. Like I have like my own like game release calendar because I Mm. stream like every Friday. So I have to pick like, okay, what's the new game I'm streaming that like recently came out. Right. And I had that slotted. Um, and my brother was like, really? Like, Hot Wheels Unleashed, like all these games, and you're gonna spend. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's not, not a lot out in that specific week, and I'm like, yeah, I think it could be good. And then the reviews started dropping, and people were like, this is good. And I was like, oh, so it's good. Then I played it, and I'm like, yep, can confirm. Um, it's surprisingly challenging. I was not expecting mm. to have to really try because, like, I thought it'd be a little bit more, um, like, of a like. Car- I guess it's more. It's it feels more like. Um, because people ask like if it feels more it's not like doesn't feel like a sim necessarily no, it's, arcade-y. Means, it's I not mean, realistic but yeah. like you gotta you gotta be better like you can't it's not as easy as like mario kart is or something um but it's also not as specific as like crash team racing is where you have to like really be a specific kind of driver but it does have a bit of pushback and since like unlike something like um you know forza horizon which i love but like i cannot drive so i just be rewinded in that and we just oh, yeah. figure it out oh, yeah. but this doesn't have this is like you gotta stay on the track like you you really have to have a pretty clean race to place unless you know maybe you knock it down to, to easy and then i think it's like way easier but yeah i was like oh you have to really i have to step it up here like i have to actually get good at at driving this thing yeah and it's interesting to like have those ideas of like okay it's all about the boost you're building a boost by you know sliding around and stuff and then also it's like it's the type of racer which is first of all having boost that separates it in a huge way and then it's like, oh, also you're going to be doing tricks. Like if you do barrel rolls and stuff over jumps, you're going to be gaining your boost a little bit more. So it feels, Kyle, do you remember Rumble Racing, that old PS2 game? I think it's the one where you chose the van. Oh, no, that's, I uh, blocked that from my memory. That doesn't exist. Oh, that doesn't exist. All right, that's a uh, deep cut yeah. for people. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to have a game that's kind of like that throwback racer style before Forza Horizon 5 comes out. Because that's that feels like Gran Turismo compared to Hot Wheels Unleashed. But... Yeah, I think it's also like a weird secret of this game is it feels good uh, and it has like a nice cover where they're toys ultimately that you're racing. So it's like the physics are a little bit off. It's like, well, yeah, it's a toy. It doesn't have to feel like a real car <laughs> anyway. So you can just have fun focusing on the racing. But uh, It's a strange progression method. It seems to be like mostly blind box yeah. related. You'll unlock different blind boxes that will just roll for a completely random car right that's the only thing i don't like so far it feels like it might get a little a little like grindy in that element and i worry like further into the campaign will i feel like i don't have a good enough car to like start placing because the the campaign it's like a little bit it kind of has like the classic like a uh, children's 
placemat type map where it's right, like very right. like cute and basic looking and you just kind of select in you have your levels and your objectives which you can place top three or like get first and it'll like fill and you'll get like xp or whatever for it but yeah i don't i wonder how rough it's going to be to actually finish it but i think the process is of driving and stuff is super fun and like the course design is awesome because it's it's hot wheels so if you've like you know grew up on hot wheels and used to set up those courses like you have done that it's like it, it people in my chat were like it's like mario kart home circuit but now it's back into being a pure game and not like having this <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like this weird yeah so i i really like that element of it like i remember um playing with hot wheels a bunch as a kid and like we'd ha set up these little courses in my house and that's how i got like this little dent in the wall where i like flung the car and it like again could never never could drive is the story the moral of the story <laughs> but like flung a little dent into into my childhood bedroom wall and you know, racing down the hallway and like, yeah, like it's 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 super fun and it yeah. captures some of that um, goofiness and over the topness. But you don't have to be rich enough to get the $80 Hot Wheels set now. You can just drive in this school game and pretend like you had enough money to get the spider that shoots webs at the track. As long as you have a good role for some of those <laughs> with the whole box system. You, and you can get the $50 game and the $30 season pass. Right, right. Experience. And then it's just magical. Yeah. And Jeff, um, this game's up your alley. Because you get to decorate your man cave in it. They have like a whole basement decoration I like system, that. which it is kind of cool. Um, what's that game? That cooking game? Cook, Serve, Delicious has like, a, you can make your own custom kitchen in there. Oh, yeah? So I was like, Cook, Serve, Delicious vibes. Hell yeah, I'm here for this. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a weird pocket here where Hot Wheels Unleashed coming out around the same time as Cruise and Blast, which, Kyle, I won't look at you. I know technically it was published by Game Mail, so we won't acknowledge it in any way. Well, um, distributed by Game Mill. Distributed by Game Mill, where Kyle works. Uh, but also, it's like a surprising number of people have been like, Cruise and Blast is a super fun, simple, arcadey racer. Like, uh, people are all hot and heavy over that main theme in Cruise and Blast. But then I was had... literally thinking it. Like, come on in, cruise, let's go cruising. Like, <laughs> so if you don't stupid. sing that, like, when you see an, a fellow Cruise and Blast player, yeah. like, did you even really drive that fire truck down <laughs> the through the donut uh, crossing yeah. Los Angeles. No, you're opposed. You know? I really encouraged. I, I I told Raw Thrills, the developer, I was like, you guys need to get that up on YouTube. But there there were there's like you know rights issues with music. So it's always so complicated. I don't understand but, it. But Kyle, yeah, just to no one does. That's the problem. Just to separate this from you entirely, like the level of Cruise and Blast hype was like you know Dan Riker was over here for Tim Turry's wedding not too long ago. And not like on a stream or anything, but Dan was just like, we got to play Cruise and Blast together. Like, we got to just play this game. It's like, really? Like, I like the Cruise and games, but like to that level that Dan's like pulling me aside at a wedding. During the middle of the ceremony, he did this. He says, we got to play right now. Like, I have something to say. <laughs> not enough of y'all playing Cruise and Blast. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's all built in towards Forza coming out. That's coming out soon. It's like uh, November 5th, I think. So that'll be a fun time to jump into that sucker. But good games all around. Uh, Leo, we're going to let you go, but before we do, um, I, <laughs> you gave a reaction to one of the community questions this week, and I just want to hear your answer for it, because Sean Mills wrote in and asked, what's the scariest thing you've ever seen? And the fact that you came in and said you wanted to answer that, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for Leo's scariest thing. I, it's something I've, you know, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. I just needed to talk about it. Okay. Uh, so spoilers for the movie Gerald's Game. <laughs> what okay <laughs> there's a part in gerald's Google game gerald games gerald's game real quick is that the the pixar short where they play chess <laughs> that's the jerry's game oh okay gerald's game is directed by the haunting of hill house dude mike flanagan and uh based on a stephen king book anyway ladies t handcuffed to a bed 
starving there, losing her mind. And then in the in a quiet moment in the middle of the night, she looks over at the corner and there is a shadow figure in the corner like you've envisioned in the corner of your bedroom your entire life. And it is the most unbelievably accurate visualization of that feeling where you're looking at it and you're not sure if you're really seeing it or imagining it in that moment. I saw this movie three years ago and I still think about it like (laughs) once a week at least. God, I didn't know that they ever turned that into a movie because my experience with that was um, when we did the XCOM Enemy Unknown cover story trip. I remember we were out getting drinks with the producer down at Firaxis, Garth. Uh, Good guy over there, Garth. And he was talking about how into Stephen King he was. And he said, like, yeah, my favorite story, I forget the name of it, but then he described it and it was that exact story of like, yeah, it's this woman and she's handcuffed to a bed and there's just this spooky, shadowy figure in the corner of the room and then like every night it gets closer and closer. It's like, that is the most effed up thing I could possibly imagine. I was literally watching it with a friend and we were we were both quietly staring at it and we're like, do, do you see that? Is that really something? <laughs> oh, God. Horrifying. Horrible. All right, great. Well, on that note, Leo, do you want to clap out of the podcast and be left alone with your own thoughts in your dark, empty house? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, bye. Oh. Sarah Pazorski. Wow. Wow. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Nice to have you. Um, good to be back. We have everybody on this show. Kyle, it's crazy. We're all here. It's too much. Oh, also, Jeff, um, since you've been gone, um, Sarah Pazorski is now a cohort. Hello. Knew that. I said hello in the in the Slack channel. That's true. I guess you that's did, true. You did. All right, Jeff. Um, this this segment is all about how little you know. We're kind of really into it overall. Oh, Smash Brothers. No, just about life in general and oh, everything. Oh, life in general. Okay, but great. But somehow you don't know the final Smash character that Sakurai revealed in, I believe, the biggest stream of all time. It it rivaled the Super Bowl with how many people tuned in for the final Smash Brothers character. Do you think, do you have a sense, Jeff, um, of if the internet is happy or unhappy with this character? I have no idea. Do you have any predictions? Do you want of, me to guess? Yeah, just, yeah. This is fun. They think it's cool. They think it's... <laughs> you're saying the internet <laughs> bold, was satisfied bold. by something? That is your prediction? Oh, yeah, that that was a mistake, huh? Okay, so which are you going? They're outraged. Outraged. And who do you think the final character ever... For Smash Brothers and Sakurai's entire career, what did they cap it off with? Is it Sakurai? No. Because everybody was guessing that, but that's too easy because he already could be a me. So technically he could have been in on Smash 4. So it doesn't really... Oh, okay. Um, is it Leon Kennedy? It is not Leon Kennedy. <laughs> um, it's a game for... I was going to say for Watch children. Yourself, ben. Watch <laughs> yourself, Ben. Watch yourself, Ben. Watch yourself. Warmer. It's Wait, a why game... don't we just do it 20 question style? Yeah, Ooh, I don't know yeah, if we yeah, have time yeah. to do that. Okay, yeah, but... yeah. I love it. All right. All right, Jeff, um, here we go. Um, is it a cartoon character? I mean, yes. No, I don't, no, no. What? No, no. I'm going to say kind of. Define cartoon character. It's from a game. <laughs> That's not a cartoon. I mean, this is as close when to a cartoon character it, in a game a as you can get. It is, is, it, is it a Capcom franchise? No. Is it a Nintendo it's, franchise? It's bigger than a bread box. I'll give you that one. You can have <laughs> that one. It is not a Nintendo franchise. Uh, is it an animal? No. Okay. It's not a Pokemon either. So, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. um, so screwed. Mm-hmm. It's um, look. It's is it's it a, a Japanese developer? Yes, it is. Very much so. Is it Sega? No. Whenever you're annoyed by Japanese names for games, what publisher is that? 
Namco Bandai? No. Atlas. No. There's so many. There's no, you're gonna wait. It's 20 questions. There's, you can't just oh, start guessing. Exceed <laughs> <Next> Natsume. <laughs> <laughs> Number one stupid video game name company, if, with all due respect. That's not Arc Where? System Works. Yes. Okay. Oh God. Um, is it from Final Fantasy? No, but adjacent. Here, another. We'll remind you that Cloud and uh, Sephiroth, Sephiroth are already in Smash Brothers. Of mm-hmm. course, I knew that. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> Don't be mad. Um, <laughs> that definitely wasn't my 19 and 20th question. <laughs> um, adjacent to Square or to Final Fantasy? Correct. It's a game series. The characters from a game series that you've probably made fun of repeatedly throughout your career and never played. It's not Dane Cook. It feels it's, like it, though. It's Kingdom Hearts? Okay, correct! And who is it from Kingdom Hearts? But you said not You said not cartoon character. That's what I was confused so, about! So it's, I don't know it's how... gotta be one, like, the... the is Sora a character? Hey, there we go! Sora a character. Like, that's the title. That's like Sora a character. Goofy, <laughs> yeah. Mickey or cartoon character. I guess it's a good point. A video game but I, yeah, okay. but I don't know. Yeah. I look at him and I just think cartoons. So I'm like, I don't, it's close enough. I look at him, I see He's never adult appeared in a man. cartoon. He almost did. I, I get it. I, I, I'll, I'll accept it. Okay, but here's you got the, me there. That's here's all the that thing that's crazy, Jeff, um, about the reveal of Sora as the final Smash Brothers character. By and large, the internet was surprised, wowed, and satisfied. Okay. It is unbelievable that they pulled this off. I thought there was going to be no universe where the internet would be like, yeah, cool. But here's what's cool about it, Jeff. Uh, is this was back when Smash 4 released on the Wii U and 3DS. They had a poll on their site for like, submit the character you want to be in Smash. And it turns out the number one result was Sora. But then there's a very sweet nice. moment in the stream where Sakurai said that, like, I talked to Iwata back when he was with us, and he suggested, like, keeping the poll results hidden so people wouldn't harass the companies and stuff. But, like, we knew that the Sora, that Sora was the number one request for all these years, and we've been sitting on it, waiting oh, for this grand nice. finale. Yeah, and so it was just perfect. And Sarah, we did a reaction mm-hmm. stream that people are checking out quite a bit on YouTube, which is nice to see. Um, and Sarah informed me that people really, really, really are happy and love Kingdom Hearts. I don't know about Love oh. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I see. But everybody, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who I was more surprised at people who didn't like it or weren't happy about it because the internet has like every Smash Direct. It's been like hashtag Sora mm. has been trending like every time a Smash Direct comes out, every time they're about to announce a character. It's like time to get your, you know, dunce caps on and hope that it's Sora again. Right. But a nobody thought it was going to happen. Yeah, nobody thought it was going to happen. Everybody thought Disney was like a big blocker. Oh, yeah. It was never going to happen, but it actually did. Awesome. And everyone's surprised. Yeah. It's crazy. So Disney being the big blocker is kind of like a weird <laughs> recurring theme throughout this direct. Like it was, you know, very coded, nice language. But Sakurai, he said, quote, it's fair to say that his edition required more coordination than other fighters. And then later he said, we had so much coordination. Which I think that's code for lawyers meeting and screaming at each other and just mm-hmm. stupid little rules. Because we're watching the the reveal stream, Sarah and I, and it was like, well, they're going to have like Mickey Mouse as the finisher. And Sarah no, being... you said that. You said that. <laughs> yeah. I said over my dead body. Yeah, we'll have to check the tape about whether there's a bet made or not. I forget exactly what the wording was. But I was like, you cannot not have Mickey Mouse in here for like the big final smash. Like, of course, it's going to be Goofy and Donald. And Sarah's done a lot more 
stuff in the game industry and the yeah. licensing I've side. I've been in the trenches. Yeah. So what what is going on? If you had to guess behind the scenes I mean, to make this happen. So- if you if you watch the direct, there was no Mickey in the final smash, and they removed Donald and Goofy from the stage. Yeah. I saw that after the direct came out. Donald and Goofy are actually present on that stage in Kingdom Hearts, but they removed them and replaced them with like other imagery. Right. Other like like other Kingdom Hearts images. And I think it's just because Disney probably, you know, every time you see Donald, every time you see Goofy, like Disney wants money. Right. They're like, you're using our characters in your game to advertise your game, even though that's not the case. Right. Nobody's playing Smash because like Donald and Goofy showed up at one point. (laughs) But because the characters are showing up like you now own Disney money. Disney wants a cut of your game. Disney wants a cut of your profits. And that's what I've learned about licensing. It literally doesn't make sense to the average person. Because nobody would say, oh, yeah, now that I played Smash, I think I'm going to go to Disney World. Or, like, now that I played Smash, like, obviously this is a Disney game. No normal person would say that. Right. But, like, a lawyer would never say that. So A lawyer's always going to say, like, don't do it. So it's just that thing. You have to funnel all this stuff through, not through creative ideas or what's fun for the player. It's just literally what would a middle-aged, stupid lawyer give a thumbs up to. Oh, mm-hmm. what a nightmare. I mean, it could also be a map. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo didn't even ask about those characters what? just to keep the process simple. Yeah, totally. I could totally see that. Like, to just, we want Sora. We want to keep it simple and clean. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to even get into those uh, those difficult conversations of like featuring yeah. those characters because that's a whole yeah. other ball game, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, people in the chat pointed out they're like, yeah, I wonder if there's like extra tension here because it's so weird that. Disney or so that uh, Nintendo and Illumination are teaming up in a big way with like the Mario movie. So, I mean, who knows if lawyers at Disney are holding grudges about like, yeah, that could have been a Disney film with Mario in it. He wasn't even allowed to be in Wreck-It Ralph. Look at this. But yeah, Kyle, what was your gut reaction to, to Sora being the grand finale here? So I, I, I like it. I, Sora looks fun to play too, which is cool. Cause yeah, like it is cool. kind of like another, it is kind of another sword guy, but yeah. like he looks unique and he's not overly complicated like Minecraft. So that part of it, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited about Yeah. But I will say I, I was hoping for a more like down, like almost like specifically Nintendo character. I don't even know what character yeah. that would be necessarily, but it was, I was, I was thinking it would be like final character. It's going to be something that's very Nintendo. So it was a genuine surprise. Uh, even though there were, you know, everything leaked. Like, there's always, like, these little tiny leaks, but the Sora ones were a little stronger than the others because of supposedly there were, like, music licensing requests. I saw that guy on Reddit or like in that. that forum or whatever. Yeah, but I, I missed that completely. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, but I but I don't I don't blame you because I think I saw that and I was just like, well, just throw that in the pile of Smash right. rumors. You know what I mean? That's right, like, right. So I was, I'm, I'm excited to play as him. I like Kingdom Hearts. One and two, I kind of fell off after that. I tried three. I didn't. I didn't get much further beyond the Toy Story level. But I think. I think it's a cool inclusion. I really like his black and white. Uh, yes, style. I'm totally like with you. That's really cool. I forget what the name of it is, but yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Where I was, but I, I do. I do want to hear your take though, Hanson, because I know you. I would. Uh, maybe I'm speaking for you, but I know you. Would maybe is this fair to say that you actively dislike Kingdom Hearts? <clears throat> Kyle, why would you say that on the internet? <laughs> this is being broadcast to thousands of people. Are you out of your freaking mind, man? Hey, I said, I asked you on Slack, and you said you would give me your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kyle was like, any Kyle's like, okay, off the record, though, on Slack, tell me what you really think about Sora. I'm like, you think I wouldn't just share my actual thoughts on the podcast, you maniac? <laughs> uh, I was hoping for something more, like, nostalgic for Sakurai. Like, I wanted it to be more like a tip of the cap to his career. I know they've already included every 
possible Kirby character and everything, but like I was I was thinking like, oh maybe like Master Hand, like something that's more of like summarizing the Smash experience. Um but I was I was happy with Sora and a lot of that was like just seeing the reaction and everybody was so over the moon and I'm very happy that other people can be this happy. And at the same time, it's like I Smash is already brimming with characters. It has 89 fighters at this point. It has two dozen that I love and love to play. Like I'm not hungry for like another great character for me personally. Like, Cloud, and Sephiroth, Cloud and Sephiroth. Like, Cloud can do, fight do want, right? like Solid Snake in Smash Brothers. I can die happy. I'm I was good back then, you know. So this is all just like ah, that's cool. I'm happy that everybody else is happy, and it, I'm a big Disney fan and a big Final Fantasy fan, and it is my greatest flaw, Kyle, that I never got into Kingdom Hearts because it made me nauseous back when I tried to play it when it first came out, um, and then I never really went back to it. So now I just see the cutscenes and I think the storytelling is um, not good. Not good, Kyle. On a basic <laughs> human level, it is. Embarrassing. Embarrassing <laughs> on behalf of humanity. That said, I enjoy a lot of embarrassing stuff too, so I'm not judging it too hard. I understand that it's very nostalgic for a lot of people, so I won't come down too hard on it. But personally, I think those cutscenes make me want to die, Kyle. Make me want to die. But again, <laughs> it's solid, and I support all the Kingdom Hearts fans being happy. And honestly, like I went back and rewatched it again. I got goosebumps both times that I watched that reveal trailer. And a lot of it is probably the song, Simple and Clean, which Sarah told me the full uh, backstory of. And it's like, okay, that's effective. That works. Um, and Sarah also, let me just recap everything Sarah screamed at me about. She also screamed that like, I, I was saying that I wanted to say something more nostalgic. Yeah, and, and, and then Sarah, we locked eyes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do you mean nostalgic? Sora is nostalgic. Right. Kingdom Hearts came out in 2002. It turns out that was a long time ago. And this is like the number one nostalgic pick probably for the masses. That's why it was voted so popular. So I'm happy. Uh, it's coming out October 18th. Uh, and that's it. That's it for Smash Brothers, everybody. Like Sakurai had his final goodbye. It was a very sweet little moment. And then he waved like a maniac as they had a slow iris close. And he slowly faded out. And it's sad to see the little, the little guy go. I'm going to miss these big reveals. And then Porky Pig came out and said, that's all, folks. I'm right. actually the last fighter. That's Surprise. right. It was a really amazing <laughs> moment. No, but Jeff, um, they had stats um, at the end. It, it, Sakurai is just the best. And he said, he had a line where he's like, I suppose if you keep working on something, someday it will be complete. And then he ran through like all the stats for a Smash Ultimate. 89 fighters, 116 stages, 201 items, 1,100 songs, 2,200 characters, and 140 me sets, which is basically like 140 other characters if you only care about the way they look and stuff, right? That's it is absurd. Absolutely bonkers. Oh, also, Jeff, um, this might be more up your alley. Actually, I should have led with this. Uh, Doom guy, Doom Slayer is in Smash. Oh, there you go. Honestly, he has, he's, he's, a, he's a me set. Like they have, they had a screenshot in this of the Doom guy choking Mario out. Like it's, it's really something. Uh, wow. Yeah, somebody wrote in uh, with a community question for later too where they um they said that like hey does john john drake at disney not get enough credit um like kind of putting all this on his table and who knows how much he's doing over there but it's fair to say that yeah he went over to disney and disney has been moving and a shaking over the last year coming up with these crazy deals and making a lot of fans happy in a lot of different ways and so who knows like i've definitely talked to john drake before and been surprised about how many 
big deals he's been a part of in the past in the industry. It's like, oh, he is a guy who gets stuff done. And so whatever small hand he had to play in this happening, God bless him over there. Well, him, the other the other John, John Vignacchi, who yeah. works at Nintendo now, who's also a, a former Disney guy, both of them were tweeting a lot of just like, Huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Finally, I can talk about life again because I've just been having to be so secretive about this, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was fun to see that. Yeah, for sure. So the, uh, he's coming out October 18th, and then that's the end of Smash. Um, also, uh, thanks to Easy Allies, uh, as uh, Blood over there on Easy Allies said something that maybe I knew at some point, but I completely forgot. Uh, Kyle, did you remember that Olimar is supposed to be Mario backwards? But okay, Sarah, this Japanese. is this is where we need you. Yeah, because it's in Japanese, it's Mario backwards. Is that not the case? Is it like katakana? It would be Mario backwards. It would be orima, orima. So it'd be orima. So there's like an L that appeared in English, right? But I guess it would track in the Japanese. Okay, all right. That's probably one of those little tidbits I learned right when Pikmin was releasing or something. I was like, oh yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a cool little detail. All right, yeah. If you, so if you drop the L. Yeah, it is right. Okay. So there's a little all that right. snuck in there that doesn't yeah. make it work as well. That's but that dope. makes more sense than Orimo or whatever it would have, or Orima that it would have been in English. Right, right. Um, hey, speaking of Smash Brothers, though, uh, Kyle, we asked people in the Discord like what they wanted us to talk about on this episode, and uh, up there with Halo Infinite, I think it was tied for Halo Infinite. As people really want us to talk about Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, which also came out this week, which is. I'm not putting words in Kyle's mouth. Very, very, very Smash Brothers. Yes. uh, This is from Game Mill. Kyle technically worked on this game. Full disclaimer, full disclaimer. But Kyle, I would just love, we streamed it, by the way. Uh, Sarah and I streamed it for New Show Plus. You can check that out and see our raw reactions as Sarah informs me about the last 20 years of Nickelodeon history that I've dodged. Uh, Yeah, I watched that. It was fun to learn that you don't have any history with Nickelodeon characters. I didn't have cable growing up. I don't know who these characters are. Like, (laughs) honestly, it's just like, oh, Patter Toastman, he was in some Nickelodeon baseball game on 360 that I played a little bit of, stuff like that. Um, But, like, what what can you talk about, Kyle? Like, has it been interesting (laughs) the last week following the launch of this thing? Yeah, so I work for Game Mill, to make that clear. We're we're the publisher on the game, and then it's developed, it's co-developed by Ludosity, and Fair Play Labs, uh, Ludosity did um, Slap City, which is a pretty popular sort of platform fighter on Steam. Yeah. And it's it's been crazy. Like, it really it exceeded expectations in a big way when we announced it, and it has been a sprint for me to just kind of, you know, keep up with how much excitement there has been around the game. And it, it's it's been cool to be on the other side of that. It's It's been a lot of work, but it's like, it's been wild. And it's like, to see it come out and people, I mean, a lot of people really like it and embrace it or have a good time with it. It's been, it's been a joy. It's been fun. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, you've talked about how crazy it is to like know the full roster of characters and seeing the internet try and guess. It's like as a yeah, Smash we, fan, so that's like final, the best case. The, we revealed, we, yeah, we revealed Toph on Saturday and that was like a big mm-hmm. like stress reliever of like, okay, the, all the roster is now public. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you know? Oh God. But yeah, you know, I, I had a head start on the game, so I I went and played one online match and and won pretty handily, and now nice. now I'm retiring. So yeah, yeah way to go. Um, yeah, I mean, hats off to the devs too. I mean, just to have yeah, this two, big of a both hit. Small teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And so I'm curious to hear more people's thoughts after they play a little bit more. But uh, it it is, it, this is, well. We share a lot of thoughts on the new show. Plus, you can go check it out with Sarah and I. But like, I I'm relieved yeah. that it's just it's not pulling a PlayStar uh, PlayStation uh, Battle Royale. 
You know, it's not trying to add a new twist. It's just like, you like Smash? Yeah. Here's Smash, everybody, with Nickelodeon characters. Please enjoy it's it. It's everything people like about Smash. Right. Especially the competitive community. It does seem like it's more aimed toward the competitive fighting community with the stages not being as wonky as the Nintendo stages, like no yeah. items. So I saw like a bunch of the big fighting game streamers were all playing Nickelodeon All-Stars. Oh my god. Um, they all seem to be enjoying it. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a weird twist. I mean, it's a matter of keeping up with them at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, does it make you uncomfortable to talk about a game you worked on? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But I'm proud of it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the credits. That's exciting. You what, know? what do you think makes you uncomfortable about it? Yeah, talk about know. it right Is now. That, that's, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I should be excited to talk about it, but... <laughs> I don't know. This is what it it's looks like. It's my day job, I guess. It's weird. Right, right. This is what it looks like when you go behind the curtain, everybody. It's just like, ah, oh, this is weird. Diffuse these two things. Going, there it is, everybody. Invisible tie. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Um, all right, Kyle, we'll let you go because we have some wonderful community questions that we should get to. But thank you for being here, dude. You want to clap out? See you guys later. Bye. Uh, Jeff, do you know how this whole thing operates, by the way? Um... Square Enix characters? Square Enix characters, everybody, that can only be found at patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Check it out. We'd appreciate the support. Uh, thank you to some of the bigger supporters out there, the people that are really making it happen. I'm talking, of course, about people like Fatal X Blade. Lucas, a fellow patron, wants you to check out his YouTube channel, Fatal X Blade. That's Fatal X Blade with two spaces. His YouTube channel is primarily focused on highly edited reviews on the newest games. Each review features a short parody at the beginning of the video. He just uploaded a review for Life is Strange True Colors, and he wants some feedback. Janet Garcia, you can go leave him a nice comment. That's true. Okay, so head on over to his channel, Fatal X Blade, subscribe, and drop him a comment. Thank you, Lucas and Fatal X Blade, for supporting MinMax in a big bad way this month. We appreciate it. Go check out Fatal X Blade on YouTube, because they support us. Also, thank you to returning champions, the Synced Up Podcast. Timmy D over there with the Synced Up Podcast says, Hello, MinMax fans. Last November, the Synced Up Podcast supported Ben and the cohorts, and it went so well, we decided to do it again. We received a large outpouring of love from everyone here and even made some lifelong friends, too. My God. While we still have our video game show, The Synced Up Podcast, we also started a new show a few months ago aptly named The Synced Up Filmcast. In this show, we focus mainly on watching, reviewing, and ranking different movie franchises. We also recap the news and react to new trailers from the week, too. If any of this sounds good, consider going going on over to youtube.com slash podcast or search Synced Up Filmcast in your favorite podcasting service and look for the red and white logo. We hope to see you there. Thank you so much, Timmy D. Thanks, Synced Up Podcast, for supporting us. We appreciate it. We love plugging small podcasts and YouTube channels on this channel. Also, thanks to our dear friends at Fixture Gaming. They want everybody to know about the Fixture S1. Uh, last week, what, Matt Clark won on Facebook? Or I think it was somebody else, but Matt Clark won a free MinMax, I'm sorry, a free MinMax custom Fixture S1 from Fixture Gaming. Uh, they have a carrying case bundle available on their official site. There's a link in the description if you want to check this out. This is a clip that you put onto your Nintendo Switch so you can play uh, with the Pro Controller on the go. And if you use the promo code MinMax, you get $5 off. MinMax, M-I-N-N-M-A-X, $5 off the Fixture S1. Check it out, everybody. We might have some more big giveaways in the future, like maybe next week for the Fixture S1. So thank you for your support, Fixture Gaming. Also, 
thank you to our dear friends at, of course, the one and only I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know that the Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania double album is available right now on Iron Maid Bit's wonderful online store. It is the 20th anniversary edition. It's available banana yellow vinyl with random bruised banana variants. Jeff, um, it's up your alley. Uh, the music is remixed by a bunch of folks, and the music was compiled by Yuri Fukuda. Uh, the album art is by Little Friends of Printmaking, so go check that out in Iron Maid Bit's wonderful online store. And... Everything in that store is 10% off as long as it's under $100. If you use the promo code Scared Stupid, Scared Stupid, no space, everybody. Scared Stupid, 10% off everything in their wonderful online store. They have supported us in such a huge way. Go check out their store. There's a lot of amazing stuff on there, including stuff that they give away to the Minimax community every single week because I'm Bit is very generous. And so this week, the question of the week, whoever submitted the best question over at patreon.com slash Minimax with two N's, they will win Carto for the Switch, uh, the game that is sitting at overwhelmingly positive for the review right now on Steam, at least. But this is the physical version of Carto on Switch. It is the I Am 8-Bit exclusive version that has has like tabletop map tiles in it, Jeff. It's very cool. So we'll ship that out to whoever has the best questions. So everybody look alive. Let's try and remember exactly who has the best questions as we work our way through this. Thank you, I Am 8-Bit. All right. Ready for this? First question is Tactical Dreamer. And they say, there was a debate making the rounds recently that I'd like to get y'all's take on. Can a game that brings nothing new to the game space still be a game of the year contender? I think yes. I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that's what the game industry is all about, is just slowly mm-hmm. polishing ideas that have already come before, right? And so yeah. something like a Far Cry 6, it's bringing some new ideas, but if it's just really polished and really fun, there's a space for that for game of the year contender. Mm -hmm. And I think even just because you have the formula of like, on paper, this should work, getting it to actually work is a feat in itself. Right. So I think the game can still be good, even if it's like things you've already seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and, uh, was it two years ago that we gave it to game of the year for us was Resident Evil remake? Yeah, Resident Evil 2. Yeah. There you go. I, was I, mean, I, guess, that, my I mean, I guess that's kind of a throwback. Yeah, people have pointed out, Sarah, that we've it done... It looks better. What's that? I thought they looked better. Like, what was new? It, like, oh, it looked a little It nicer. did look, it looked better. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but so far for our game of the year here at MinMax, we gave it to Resident Evil 2 Remake and then Final Fantasy VII Remake. And so the big joke is what remake we're going to give it to this year. Mm. So who knows? Uh, but Sarah, you were just streaming Resident Evil 2 on Yeah, Twitch. I was streaming it last night. Is honestly super fun. Uh, so you're streaming horror games throughout all of October, and um, mm-hmm. like I saw one of the clips that somebody pulled out, and it was you reacting to Mr. X, and I, I forgot what a joyous time that was on the internet a couple of years ago when it was just nothing but clips of people freaking the hell out about Mr. X, and specifically it was like when he was in like the main lobby area, yeah, when you were by he the just, typewriter. I swear to God, he teleported. And I was just like minding my own business, trying to save my game, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I hear like footsteps next to me and I turned my camera and I got so scared I like dropped my controller I like jumped back I was like because I haven't played Resident Evil 2 at all I'm not familiar with the early games or what you know what's going on and people just came in they were like this is I stayed the entire time just for this moment that's perfect and I'm like that's great (laughs) glad I could give it to you um I'm losing years off my life yeah. My heart is failing. 
Yeah, I look forward to it. By the end of the month, um, Sarah's going to have gray hair. I'm going to uh, have gray gonna hair. It's going to be a real nightmare. Um, but please look forward to more horror games on Twitch. Follow us at Min Max Show, please. Uh, Justin Mick writes in and says, Hey, Min Maxers, once and for all, please settle this contentious question. Candy corn, yay or nay? Yay. Nay. And I don't want to hear it every year, okay? I don't want to hear every year fall rolls around. I don't want to hear other people's opinions on candy corn. I'm going to eat my sugary wax and it's fine and I'm going to like it. I mean, it's fine if you're like in a house with zero candy, but compared to, I mean, candy sold that I'm used to for Halloween compared to 95% of other candy, candy corn is bottom I like the simplicity. I like that it's just sugar. I mean, sometimes I don't want other things in my sugar. I would take a pixie stick, I think, over candy corn at that point. And that really? is just absolutely just sugar. Yeah. You don't like to eat the colors individually, like I mean, look, that one is by fun. one, like that a little is... squirrel. You know what? You're convincing me. I think like the idea, if it tasted like nothing, I think just the small practice of like eating like a squirrel is kind of fun. But Janet, you're nay. Yeah, they just don't. T- it just doesn't, doesn't taste good. And but I will say part. in defense of candy corn, I probably haven't had it in a while. But that's because I think it's bad. I don't think if you, this Halloween, you really sat down with a big bag of candy corn, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's finally hitting. Yeah, you know? this is, my taste There's buds no have evolved. Exactly. Deep cut. You gotta watch every episode, y'all. Every mm-hmm. episode. Don't lose it. Uh, maybe we can have a Twitter poll for people, because Backstage Pass, watching us live, they're tearing themselves apart. Uh, Sassy Luchador says, hang on, Jeff, are you gonna, do you give out candy for Halloween? Um, we, we've tried in the past and we get like one person to the house. Like, like it's just, people don't go through our neighborhood. I think they go to the more, you know, like the posh neighborhoods where they give out yeah. like full size candy bars. So we always just end up with a giant bowl of candy that we eat ourselves and then feel bad about. Yeah, that sounds about right. So now we just turn out the lights and just pretend <laughs> we're haunted. haunted. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. uh, it does feel like kids are going, like traveling to different neighborhoods. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was like, you get your neighborhood and that's it. Right. But now kids are like going like specific places they get Uber somewhere. They get Uber, yeah they all yeah. Uber right. and they go to like some Halloween street I'm wondering people listening how many people would trick or treat in cars because like growing up in the country in like real Minnesota it's like we couldn't yeah. walk I think you need to explain Minnesota Halloweens to people because I've had to wear snow pants yeah under my Halloween costumes growing up and living in Los Angeles those kids are soft <laughs> those kids are soft like every Halloween it's like a nice 60 to 70 you're not like putting the ruining your entire like princess costume because you got to wear a snowsuit right right (laughs) yeah everybody for halloween is just like a different bikini character out there it's just it's no good no offense janet i know you're a new la resident hey man i love i I totally agree with you sarah where it's like there's Mm -hmm. that cal i call it i call it cali soft like where it's you can't you don't you've never had to have pain you've never walked outside and just started falling (laughs) <laughs> like, I love that I haven't fallen from, like, I skate, so maybe I'll fall from that. Right, right. But, like, the amount of times that I've, like, oh, I'm the, the, tra- the train's coming, and you gun up those stairs, and those stairs got that ice, and you fall on your iPhone. Why do you th- I've had to replace so many screens. Yeah. I don't miss it at all. But I do feel sad that if I were to, you know, get older and have a family, that my kids would probably be California soft kids. Ooh, I feel like you got to no. have, like, you gotta that grit. Up. It does build you, you know, like there's a there's a there's a bitterness that forms from the Midwest that you can't get anywhere. Yeah, you are happy here. It's weird. Yeah. Sweet on the outside, bitter in the middle. That's Midwest style, I think. 
Anyway, sassy like loosener. Candy corn. Like candy no, corn. No, it's all sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? It's literally just sugar. Yeah, Midwest people are inedible, so just like uh, yeah. candy corn. Um, sassy loosener says, hello from Saudi Arabia. Oh, funky. Hi, over there. Uh, is that what you say? <laughs> what do you say? That's rude. Dude. I think it's cool. Anyways, uh, with Halloween around the corner, what holiday traditions do you and your family do? I eat candy corn. <laughs> the entire family. <laughs> I have to read comments on the internet talking about how disgusting it is. Oh, what a nightmare. What a rough life. <laughs> what a night. Yeah. It's I, getting crazy. Ooh, actually, I didn't think about this until right now, but, um, Speaking of, it reminds me of Leo's scariest moment is like my entire childhood was basically a, a scariest moment because we lived like on this haunted road. It's a long messed up story. But the point is my parents, when I was really young, used to have like huge Halloween parties and we have like, uh, we had like our trailer where we lived and then there was like a wooden path going up to like this cabin that my dad built in the middle of the woods. We're a weird family, but the Halloween party would be at the cabin and they would do this cool move where... Uh, my parents and their friends, they had like a huge black net that they would put up in the path. And it'd be like pitch black as you're walking up there. And so you'd be walking up to this cabin all spooked out and suddenly it was like, ah, and you're suddenly caught in something you didn't even see. It's some good stuff. I don't know, is anybody else's family really into Halloween as a kid? <laughs> they were kidnapping random people? They were booby trapping? Yeah, path, property? That? And that's where I got my sisters from. Oh, wow. You just found them. You just caught them in the woods. Yeah, yeah. But does anybody else have any family traditions? <laughs> Uh, we watch scary movies and don't kidnap people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, teach their own. That seems fun. Like, what's the go-to scary movie, you think? Scary Movie 3? Um, it, it used to be, like, the, you know, the classics. Halloween, you're going to watch on Halloween. When, I, when the hell else are you going to watch it? Or Friday the 13th and stuff. But my, my wife and her family likes uh, ghost movies more. They like spooky ghost movies stuff so we'll watch those instead now. oh those are right out i can handle some horror films like i'm not really scared of a murderer jumping out of the shower at me or whatever but like ghost stuff no way that's that's too close to home i agree with that i agree with that uh caleb writes in and says with the release of alan wake remaster what's your criteria for rebuying old games do you yeah. Oh. Sometimes. I, see, when I I read this question, I thought it was like I got rid of an old game and like, do I buy rebuy it again? That's oh, how I read it. Oh. But for the the remake remaster stuff, um, for me, I think it's if I. That's a great question. I don't know that I have ever done that because I think the games that I've liked, I don't think they've really been remade. And a lot of times mm. when I hit up the remakes, it's my first time there. Like yeah. with Alan Wake, it would be my first playthrough. With Resident Evil Two, that was my first playthrough. Um, if I think of one, like I've, I've maybe sometimes done remastered, like I did the, um, again, it's always Jack and Daxter, like the remastered collection on PS3, like right, I have that right. and play through that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I guess if I really like it and I, and I know I'm going to replay it anyway, kind of thing where right. it's like, oh, well now I can replay it on like better hardware. And like, if they came out with a Jack and Daxter PS5 edition, I would definitely buy that because I, I want to replay that game throughout my life and this is like a newer way to do it and it's like more polished. Yeah, just depends like if something's due in your mind for like, oh, I haven't meaning to replay that, then here's a new opportunity. Like, yeah, you got to jump on that. I get it. Yeah, or like um, Skyrim, I bought when it came out on the next, like big open worldy sandboxy games that they yeah. can actually improve when they come to a new console. Right. I still have, I still have the GTA 5 last gen 
remake and it's still in shrink wrap. I, I never, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, now it's got a first person mode. I'm going to, it's still, I haven't even opened it Oh yet. dude, just wait for that PS5 version. This is going to be so sweet. Yeah. It's going to blow your mind when you get to it. Uh, Devin writes in and says, hey, Sarah, Janet, Jeff, and Ben. Okay. Let's say someone has come up with a plan to save the earth and repair all the damage ever done. <laughs> that's a, that's right. a broad claim. But... We need one of those. Okay, but hang on. Devin has the solution. Sounds like a scam. No, Devin has it. He says, but it's going to mean 50% of the global population need to be cryogenically frozen tomorrow for the duration of 100 years. Okay, is this Thanos right then? Yeah. It's going on. I'm Friend sorry. of the show. Devin, his last name is Thanos. Everyone else is going to be randomly selected, but you are the only person who gets to choose being frozen for 100 years or not. Would I would you, choose frozen. Would you do it? I would roll that dice. Just because you want to see what's going on. I want to see what the next 100 years... I've seen this. I've seen all there is to see here. <laughs> I'm on... Let's do something next. Let's do something new. Okay, you realize that it's 50% for everybody that you know. So it's basically going to be like you are, in effect, killing, in your existence at least, 50% of everyone you know and love. I've talked to them. We've, been, <laughs> we've had... I know them. We've had our moments. <laughs> we've, it's fine. That is the coldest thing. I, Mom, I get the idea already. You love me. Move on. On with the future. Is the same thing every year for Mom. Just the same formula. Right, like, you know, right. Shake it up a bit. Yeah. Six years in, I'm burning out I can out on get this. her like 50 more years of Mother's Day cards and that right. I can just send out while I'm frozen. Yeah. Moms are like Far Cries. Um, but I think <laughs> I like that idea of like, okay, it's a real gamble. 100 years. It, everybody wants to see it. And Jeff, I'm like, you have a kid, so... You could at least see maybe like your descendants. That'd be kind of cool before you head oh, off. So you'd have to. You'd hope. You, would you want to see them? I mean, I'd want to see my kid. <laughs> but you also, you're a nerd. You want to see that future. Come on. I of course I want to see the future, and but I a, can't do it without my wife and kid. Okay, but there's Come a coin on. toss that you'll get to see your kid. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Can I freeze myself with poggers? That's your dog. Um, no, yeah. Poggers, fifty percent shot. So is is the question rolling the dice on the pets too? Is the question <laughs> like if the, it's, this is hap- the question? Is it like this is happening? Like fifty percent of y'all yeah. going to get cryogenically frozen? That's yes. not up for debate. The debate right. is whether you you're the only one that gets you to get choose. to choose. You're, you're the, the only, only one that gets one. to choose. Yep. I, d- I guess it depends on like is Poggers hurting the environment? No. So maybe and I an- think we could fit. We could fit in the the capsule together. I think that's a risk you don't want to take because if, if you miscalculate some things, you're dead. You're waking up dead. I worry lady. that if I stay, I'm leaning on just staying here because, yeah. like, um, I feel like I have more to see. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm finally, I really want to invest the time to make this TikTok thing happen. You know what I mean? I got more work to do here. Um, but I am worried that, you know, we stay and 50% of the population is frozen. The. You know, I guess that since the environment is fixed, that's cool. But like the coll- we're just yes. going to redestroy it anyway. Right. Like I think within the hundred years, pretty pretty handedly. And I think what it'll do to the economy in the world, like lights. If you've seen the Marvel content that's happened, yeah. like post, um, God, what was the last movie? Endgame. Yeah. Like they've kind of talked about the the political unrest in the way that's kind of disrupted the population. Right. And then if you if you show up in the hundred years. You are now like doubling the population all of a sudden. They're not right. Either way, I feel like you're in economic distress. I feel like this is the most familiar economic distress. I know the political right. landscape a little bit more. I'm like in my element. What I'm if I invest here. in the stock market? 
and then I get in and then I come out and I get my returns. You'd be bankrupt. I mean, what if you made a bad call and you're like, I'm all in on Enron, freeze me. I'll then... power of attorney to my, to, to Poggers. Okay. If he's on the other side. <laughs> yeah. But what if, what if you got like a sealed copy of, I don't know, Super Mario Odyssey. And then, like, we're talking, like, you freeze yourself a, with it. Then you freeze mm-hmm. yourself with that. And you, you should be able to freeze yourself with anything that fits into the pod that you're freezing yourself yeah. in. <laughs> I guess so. I'm going to be in there with, like, my top games, my uh-huh. PC. Your <laughs> PC. Yeah. One fun thing, though. Imagine, like, recording a show where it's, like, predicting... I'm freezing myself, you know, I'm going to make a time capsule video, I'm going to do yeah. some predictions, and then you get to unfreeze yourself and react to that content. Like, that would be, that's got to, like, that's, do crazy that's numbers. That's going to go viral. Yeah. Liddy reacts scream, streams, yep. Min-Max reacts to seeing the future for the first time. <laughs> that's so stupid. Maybe I could have, like, a Twitch stream on my frozen body, too. Mm-hmm. To keep those subs yep, rolling oh, in. Oh, yeah. 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 For the people that, like, I left behind, they yeah. can... Get those Bezos bucks. God, I think I think I'm with Sarah. I think I'm enough of a robot of a human being. I think I would do this. I think I'd take that 50-50 shot for everybody I know, just so I can see the future. Did you just get engaged? I forgot that this was she, for the betterment of the world. Did she have that 50-50 Yeah, it's saving the world. You got to do it. I didn't realize that was the. I was just going to do it. <laughs> Regardless, I didn't. I you don't even need to incentivize me yeah. that the world will be saved. You have a fridge. Yeah. Hey, Ben Shively writes and it says, of all your favorite movies, which one have you watched the most in your lifetime? Maybe Oceans. What? Really? Um, some of the Oceans movies. Yeah, they're really wow. good. They're they're good every time. If Ocean's you don't have a good time 11. watching Oceans, I feel like you're probably not a very you're probably a very sad person. Yeah, <laughs> like freeze it's a yourself. Fun time. Yeah. Yeah, like it's the first thoughts I had were like those. Like I watched Goodfellas quite a bit. Um and uh, I probably watched Aladdin a lot. I feel like maybe it'd be one of those childhood movies because mm-hmm. Aladdin's yeah. my favorite Disney film, and I imagine that like that probably got into the rotation at some point. Um, but it's probably top rewatch movie for me is probably still like under ten times. Like you I don't think? really rewatch that often. Yeah, I yeah. don't. Know. I'm not a movie person. Really? No. God, I yeah the Disney. I can stuff. binge a TV series, but you can't get. Yeah, I rewatch shows like crazy right. too. Yeah. Okay, what okay, I have this like two episode show. Sarah, you're gonna love it. It's called Jurassic Park. It's two episodes, but they're both really strong episodes. It's available, I don't know, on Peacock or something. You'll love it. Uh-huh. Are they like what are they like four hours each or something? No, they're one episode each. Okay. It's 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 just it's a short little self contained story. You're gonna you gotta check it out. But yeah, Jurassic Park is absolutely my my choice. And Jeff, I'm yours is like some snuff film or something. I don't know. Oh, Hanson. <laughs> Look, your, your family's the one that, that kidnapped Hey, I'm asking you a question. I'm asking don't... you a question, sir. Uh, the NeverEnding Story or The Goonies. I don't know. There it is. There Those it is. were childhood movies that have carried over and are still good. Perfect. And someday I'll force my child to watch them. Ooh. Fun. Look forward to that. Yeah. Ooh. Baby Mark Yafava's live reaction to NeverEnding Story. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be like total disinterest and then he'll crawl <laughs> off and then it's just me uh-huh yep yelling at him to get back that's it uh brian paradise paradise writes in and says with far cry 6 coming out i wanted to know if there are any franchises that you will always play even though the games are consistently only okay for me i feel that way about both far cry and borderlands yeah i mean borderlands is it's not too frequent i guess but uh yeah the okay franchises that you can't stop playing what is anything coming i feel mind like it folks? might it might dip into 
less than okay at times, depending on how critical you want to be on it. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology slash, like, Ooh. those super massive games. Like, even Until Dawn, which a lot of people were like, this game's great. I'm like, it wasn't to me, but I played it, right. and I like making choices. So I, like, was like, okay, I'm all in on Dark Pictures. That comes out this month, and you bet I'm going to be there. It's going to be me, my family. We're going to be squatted up, making choices. Is it going to be a good game? It doesn't matter. Right. We're there together in this moment in time. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to play that game, and it probably won't be good, and is, I don't care. Is the next one the one where there's like there's monsters in the Iraq War or whatever? Yeah, I am yeah. a little worried that one might get. Mm, I'm <laughs> okay. scared. I'm like, just please don't be, please don't be racist. As long as it's not, ra- I'm like, you're yeah, gonna be there. We're gonna be right. there regardless. But I'm like, I hope it don't it doesn't get weird. Yeah. With the Iraq, but with the Iraq War stuff, but. Oh, yeah. I'm there regardless. Spoiler cast, ready to go. All like, right, all I right. am genuinely right. excited. Uh, yeah, I guess before we started last week's episode, <laughs> Sarah, you said that you needed to talk to Janet about the medium. Are you also into that thing? Oh. Just like, what is this? What is this? Janet and I need to have a long conversation about the game The Medium that came out last year because everybody said they really... this. Oh, this year. It was this year? What year is it? Um, everybody really liked it. And Jan Jan and I were just standing there, like, did we all play the same game? Because the reviews were really high. The reviews were great, but the game itself, the Metacritic's like really high. Weird. Maybe everybody was just eager for something on their Xbox, and it was like that console exclusive, Mm. something like that, Mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, But both of you were no go. Correct. But I finished it, and I was like weirdly. I guess these horror story things I get like weirdly into. There's there's so much there. There's, there's just, I, there was we way really too could, much to unpack. There's a lot there. I don't even know if I got it all. Like it was happening so quick. Uh, Clay Baker bags. yelling in me. Like uh, it was just so much that happened. It was kind so of like happened. a bingo for like bad stuff that could happen to a child. Like they like touched on like every form of abuse uh, and every like I was like a bingo card of like every form of like childhood abuse that could ever happen. And they like sprinkled it on top of this like subpar walking simulator okay um yeah it, it was a time and then the, and then the end was one of those like what who can say what really happened that was wild <laughs> and i was like are you kidding me like or something too i don't remember there was but it, it was one of those games where it's like the, the writers were too afraid to finish it in a definitive way and so then they just chose not to I was dead too because like I, I did finish it and I think it had it had some good ideas but ultimately I don't think it's a good game yeah. but I finished it I'm like I gotta see, we gotta see it through and my community got re- really into it too we're like we should finish this I'm like mm-hmm. sure and then at the end too and I'm like you know and I'm like talking about what I think of the game and I'm I don't really like it very much but then at the end they they have this really heartfelt message that's like you know we worked really hard on this and like you know thank you so much for playing our game uh, we would love to know what you think like you know leave us a review and I was like wow that's like a really beautiful message and then I was like two out of five stars or like what like i immediately submit like i'm like i'm not writing anything but i'm like yeah the game's the game there we go oh yeah but back to brian's question about the okay franchises uh yeah pokemon i think is mine where yeah i was gonna say pokemon yeah it's just it's a it's a lukewarm bath that i choose to dip myself in for dozens of hours what is this pokemon slander i look i love pokemon i love it dearly they're all fantastic i'm just saying i play everyone and they're all kind of a lukewarm bath at times, Janet. <laughs> really? I don't... I don't am I wrong? No. Did you think Sword and Shield was a riveting experience? I like Sword and Shield. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Here's the thing. 
and this could be a whole its own show, so I'm not going to go too long on this. But like, and you've mentioned this before, like when you were streaming Snap, you were like, oh, yeah, like Pokemon. I just feel like it's not very good. Like they should give it to someone else. Oh, Y'all right, like, need right. to give that team its flowers because what they build every time. And I get that we want it to like innovate and it's not going to happen unless they have a longer development cycle. And I'm cool with that. But like that, that is the way of the world. But they're still making like these really impressive games with like new pokemon and new mechanics thought in and they have to like manage all these different systems and they're like introducing all these different things and like it's it's good like it is good and i'm tired of people saying like oh these aren't that good they're consistently at least like an eight like literally all the time like they're firing all the time for decades and decades now wanting it to to innovate and stuff that's fine but to say like oh they're just okay like i don't even think i've played an okay pokemon game from the main line in my opinion they're they're all really freaking good you're right Jen. i think they are consistent eights i think that is it is absolutely fair i think that i love game freak i visited it i've been there two times now which is great i like the team i admire them for wanting to keep the team small but when it comes down to stuff like in sword and shield of like there was one town where literally every house interior was exactly the same it was like a dozen houses in the interior. They would just like change the poster in the background. I understand they're on a deadline. It's tough. Can't hear anything you're saying, Hanson. All I see is a cute little lamb Pokemon. <laughs> Look at that. That's Wooloo. Yeah. Look, they're cute. They're cute. No doubt about it. I just think for the biggest media property in the world, at some point, I want to see them really hit a home run with it. And I'm, I feel like it's fair to get tired, but to say that like, oh, it's they're just okay. Like. If that game's just okay, a lot of games are, like, way lower than that. Like, it's one of the best franchises, in my opinion, that okay. exists. That's, like, long, like, I mean, maybe you, maybe you don't think it is, and that's fair. But, like, I am shocked to hear that you would have that opinion. This then is, you're like, oh, I don't, but I'm tired. It's like, well, then that's not, that's a different, that's a different question. Then. You're, Janet, you're making me question everything. Because the core Pokemon formula is still fun. I just felt like I did not have many brain cells firing as I was going through Sword and Shield. So I'm conflicted about that idea of, like, I'm also, uh, and old man playing this series that I loved a lot as a kid. So at some point, it's like, well, that's on me for still playing curry these games. Curry didn't do it for you? What's that? The curry didn't do it for you? You didn't want to cook up the curry? <laughs> it was you fine to camp? cook the curry. It was fine. And to be fair, like, what we're talking about is also pointing towards Pokemon Legends Arceus. Like, I'm very excited for that. I'm excited to see them shake it up. It's so cool that it's Game Freak trying something different. And so my fingers very much crossed for it. But you're right. The core concept is still entertaining, even if minute to minute it's not riveting for me at this point as a boring adult. But noted and checked. Hey, Joe <laughs> Dean writes in. And says, hey, uh, MinMax, while watching the announcement trailer for Sora and Smash Brothers. Jeff, do you know that Sora's in Smash Brothers? Oh, really? Uh, yep. And uh, Joe says he was losing his mind. I was somewhat surprised to feel my eyes tearing up. I love Kingdom Hearts. It's my favorite game of all time, but fully recognize its absurdity. With the sheer surprise and joy at what I thought was impossible happening and the beautiful orchestral version of Simple and Clean, my emotions were too strong. Has an advertisement slash announcement ever done this to you? And what musical tracks from video games or otherwise always hits you hard? I always cry at the video game orchestra performances. Like, I get emotional. Those get me. Those get me, like, I've been to Final Fantasy, Undertale, Legend of Zelda, and those always, like, hit me. Yeah. Like, really hard. Just, like, if you go to any of the live musical orchestra performances. What do you think that is? Is it just, like, seeing these professional musicians leaning into something that feels so specific to you is that well that and it's like you know zelda's from my childhood it like you it reminds you of all those moments you've had playing zelda 
And then, I don't know, I am I cry over a lot of weird stuff. So, like, that. And then for me, with Undertale in Japan, it was because, like, I helped localize Undertale. So it was, like, this whole thing was happening because we worked so hard to localize Undertale and to give it to, like, Japanese fans. And right. now it blew up, and now they're doing an orchestra performance about it. Right. So, and very honest, emotional. In full awesome. circle here, like, the yeah. second time I visited Game Freak, um, we got to, like, tour the, the offices and studios and development floor and stuff. And there were so many Undertale toys around. And like the director of the game that was called Town, I forget, Little Town Hero, I think eventually was called. But he was like a huge Undertale fan. He was talking about how much he loved it. And it's like, hey, that's because of 8-4 and the team and you over there, Sarah, for bringing it over to Japan. That's such a cool thing. Yeah, I get very emotional around Undertale. Huh. Um, are you a Deltarune person? No, I mean, I mostly dealt with Undertale. Right. I like Deltarune, but like Undertale will be like my, my baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people out there are screaming for us to cover Deltarune in some way. It'd be fun. Maybe we'll save it for when they're all out. Because I'd like to play it, but I don't know if I want to keep waiting. It's kind of like know. a... Do we know how many chapters it's going to be? They said five. And they said that they uh-huh. want to... Toby Fox wants to release three, four, and five at the same time. Apparently. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, also, he's still refusing to charge for it, so... It you know what I think... You know what I realized? He's going to charge for the whole thing, though. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, he, he, in the blog post that was on the site, he was like, yeah, releasing 3, 4, and 5 together, like, I will charge. I don't know what we're charging, but it will be more than Undertale. And I respect someone being like, the rates are going up, so shout out to that. Um, right, but Undertale right. is crazy cheap, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what were you going to say, Sarah? Were you saying something? Oh, you know what I realized when I was thinking about it last week, when yeah. I was doing my, like, introductory thing for Max? Yeah. I have seen both Toby Fox's face, like, I've met him, and Yoko Taro's face. Wow. I have seen both of them without their masks on and spoken to them. And Judge Dredd. So I feel Dredd. like I'm on some, like, Final Destination. Like, I'm on a list somewhere. Yeah, we're going to save that for a charity stream where you're going to have a whiteboard and you're going to draw Yoko And then Taro. I draw. Yep, and you draw Ice Frog. You draw all the mysterious game developers. It's going to mm-hmm. be sweet. Um, but yeah, ads or announcements that made you strangely emotional. This is, maybe I've told this stupid story before. But every once in a while, it's just like a lightning bolt of emotion where I remember I was watching the trailer for The Theory of Everything, which is like the Stephen Hawking biopic. And it's like, oh, I like Stephen Hawking. I'm curious about this movie. I like physics. Watched it. And I forget the lady's name, the actor's name, but she's like Jin Erso from Rogue One. Um, but there's just this one shot in the trailer where she's crying and like her lip is trembling as she's like coming to realize Stephen Hawking's... Uh, situation uh disease and it was just like oh quietly watching a trailer and then just like a flash of this person's face and i was just melting down in tears it was just so good and i went back and watched it again today bracing for it like i remember this one face getting me i don't know if it can do it again was that the face i don't know and then again that face popped up again tears on my couch just explosion like whoever i forget her name i'm sorry but it's so good and the movie itself is fine but that trailer just annihilates me (laughs) You were going to say Final Fantasy remake. Oh. you, like, cried through the entire thing. How dare you? Yeah, I, I was emotional a couple times. I forget if tears were rolling down the cheeks or is more welling up. But, yeah, it's definitely, that was a really emotional experience in a lot of interesting ways. Um, what is, Felicity Jones is her name, the actors. Uh, let's see, Eric Wright says, what's a hobby that you had once a long time ago but picked back up later in life that you have a new appreciation for? P.S. I'm getting back into Legos, and I just started building the Super Mario 64 set, and going back to the old Deepest Dive on Super Mario 64 is the perfect pairing. Oh, good. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Uh, we actually 
just built out an archive for all of the deepest dives we've done, because we've done 14 so far. So if you go to minmax.com, which, Jeff, did you know that we have a website? Oh. Yeah, minmax.com. If yeah, you go to that yeah. website, uh, there's a whole tab for the deepest dive where you can check them all out to go back and check out some old game clubs. Um, but yeah, hobbies you went back to later in life that you have a new appreciation for. Jeff, you're a hobby guy, right? Yeah, it's not a surprise answer to anyone, I don't think, considering I have a giant shelf of board games behind me. But right. That, that was, and I feel like part of that, though, is that I just played bad board games when I was a kid because I didn't know any better. Yeah. And, like, the the hobby has grown up it's itself so much since then, and people realized, hey, we can do much more interesting mechanisms and things like that, that there was an on-ramp there when I got older and realized, oh, man, these these games are interesting. They have co-op games and all different kinds of experiences, and now I can't stop buying them. They're all over they're the house. They're so expensive. Which really are. gross. That's Just insane. Get them used, everybody. Um, yep. Dan writes in and says, Jeff, um, top three favorite board games, go. I don't know. You got to do, do it. That. Dan uh, wants you to I, do it. Just turn around and name the first three you see. <laughs> I don't know. I I I think I've I've been on the record saying Camel Up is one of my favorite ones. That's right. Um, I'll have I'll have to do some kind of video about Come it. Come on. Okay. Put so some real thought into it. Camel Up is the name of that one. We streamed it. You can find it on Midmax's YouTube channel. Also made a video review about it as well with Jeff from narrating that one. So that one that one's good. Uh, for me, I think it's Code Names number one. I think it's unimpeachable. Mm. Mm. Have you played Code Names, Janet? Yeah, I have. Really? It's a great way to realize that. I like I do like it a lot. Um but it's fun cuz it's it's a very like work together thing and it's like trying to think of what cuz it's like guessing like different cards for like different words, but you don't want to guess the wrong one is the sort of the structure and like yeah. trying to think about, like what is my partner how is my partner going to interpret what I'm thinking? So I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of trying to get in other people's heads and it really helps if it's like okay, I have some gamers on my team. I can give clues that I, I can say Zelda and hopefully steer them in the right direction. Stuff like that is fun. Um, but yeah, Code Names number one. I think Azul is maybe my number two. And then number three, like I've played so much Avalon in my life. I'm a little bit sick of the, what are those called? Social deduction games at deduction this point? games, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this this sounds insane. I know they were plugging the podcast or we were plugging them on the podcast not too long ago, but Dustbiters, that two-player game that's coming up soon that I made bit produced, it's definitely my favorite two-player game, and I have such a good time playing it with my fiance that I, I really... Ooh, fancy. I don't know how else to say that word. Um, but I really, really am enjoying Dustbiters. And Jeff, um, you need to play that thing. We'll try and yes, get you so a, a copy or something. I'll play it with just my wife. <laughs> Not as fancy as a fiance. <laughs> that gross American it's accent. Even, it's even fancier. Uh, wow. What do I have? My boyfriend? What am I, like... 15 years old <laughs> um, really quick gross. i i'm i'm also new to board games because i played you know i played a lot of uno as a kid but that was kind of it it was like yeah. that and monopoly when we like didn't even play it correctly so i'm like uh, and then board games as an adult like i know of like the people that are really intensive and do like these hardcore campaigns and i'm like that's a lot of information so i, I kind of felt like they weren't for me for a long time and what got me into it was finding stuff that's like much shorter to get into like games that are catered toward oh this has like a 15 to 30 minute play session or this can be done in a couple of minutes so i really love um five minute dungeon and then looking for like more cooperative stuff um so that people won't be bitter <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. five minute dungeons really fun um i'm really into machi koro uh where you're like building a little town um huh. and i for a really for a long game i've only played once i loved it but it literally took us like way longer than even the suggested runtime uh everdell 
You're like, it's oh, so yeah. cute. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's like 60 bucks, you know, very expensive, quote unquote, for like a board game. It's on the higher end. Um, and you have like this little like cardboard tree you make. It's really cute. You're like working in a forest and figuring stuff out. But it's also like highly strategic and goes like really deep. But the hours flew by. Like, I was so immersed in it. I had no idea that I'm like, okay, we probably should have started this earlier because we're getting into, like, the late hours of the night trying to build this forest together. Um, But, yeah, so I I would recommend that everyone check out maybe just stuff that's in the more simplistic end, maybe card-based stuff to kind of get you into it because I'm having so much fun with it now and I'm looking forward to, like, going back to, like, my board game shop and picking up some more stuff and and building out the collection slowly. Yeah. And I'm at the opposite end where I really like Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes. I love that game. That's, like, one of my my top board games. And then I really got... I got this new game called Mysterium that I am super enjoying and I really recommend it to people. Mysterium. Is it like Mm -hmm. Betrayal? No, Mysterium is kind of a hard game to explain, but basically one person has been killed, you're deceased, you're a ghost, and then everybody else at the table has to guess how you died based on certain clues. So there's like person, place, object, and the ghost has all of these cards of that an artist drew, an indie artist drew, it was a Kickstarter project. The ghost has all these cards of random artwork, and they can just hand you cards to give you clues, and then based on the cards you got, you have to decide who it was... And then, like, you get a new card where it was, and then you get a new card and what the object was. And, like, the cards are, like, you know, you really have to think, like, is it the red in the sky? Is it the boat? Is it the person in the boat? So, and the ghost will try to, like, work with you, but they can't tell you what it is. I love it. I love it. So you're just trying to solve the mystery first. That's a good seasonal one. Okay, I wrote that down. I definitely want to play that. And Yeah, yeah it's and so, very fun. I'm so glad you brought up Betrayal. Like, that is absolutely some of the most fun. I love Betrayal. Yeah, especially this season, if you have a group of, like, five or so people... Betrayal at House on the Hill is just a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. An attack Corgi writes in and says, not sure if anyone noticed, but all of Facebook was down yesterday. A lot of people, including myself, kind of hoped it would stay down. If you could choose a social media service or online game service to go down forever, which one would it be and why? Also, fun LinkedIn. side note, <laughs> LinkedIn. Mm, LinkedIn. Finally take LinkedIn. down those hacks. What? Are you on LinkedIn that much? Well, no, but it's like, you have to be on LinkedIn if you're like working in the corporate world, but it's like, I'm so you go on LinkedIn and everybody's like today. I realized that I should be working. You know, if you just work 10 hours a day, you too could be successful. And if LinkedIn you just feeds are the worst, I hate oh. LinkedIn. What They're is- all like, there's like three genres of LinkedIn. And I'm, I'm on, I have a LinkedIn and I actually want to use it more just for like the, the leveraging. Cause I, I actually have, I feel like I'm missing things by not leveraging it more, but I really don't like it. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be there. A- like there's like a marketing agency that will sell you LinkedIn posts that you can post on your LinkedIn that will make oh, you stand out and look oh. better to companies. What? So like there's like a bunch of posts. Like there was one post about like watching an old man enjoy his coffee and like oh, that was all so, over LinkedIn. And I'm so glad that you're bringing these up because I had this conversation the other day in my apartment where literally like all the posts are either you know cat and no shade of people have made these. Like I get it, you're updating people on your career, but it's like. Oh, like, you know, you have the basic like anniversary or promotion posts or like job change posts. Those are pretty standard. Then you have like the long what what Sarah's describing, the long inspirational story that has nothing to do with anything. But then at the end, they're like, and that's when, you know, the other day I was walking down the street and I saw a cat and it was missing a leg. And I thought about how many of us my father once told me, I'm like, what is like these big soliloquies on corporate stuff? And then also just like a. Just like your workflow, like, oh, how do... It's just, it's awful. It's terrible. LinkedIn is that thing that I go to every once in a while when I was applying for a job. 
And the idea that there's like a Facebook feed or something is just mm -hmm. antithetical. Jesus. All Sorry. right. It's a place to be. Um, and Attack Corgi has, says, fun side note, though, Facebook lost around $2,600, $670 per second. This, the service was out of commission, which means, hang on, uh, stick with me, please, which comes out to $58 million over the six hours, if my math is correct. Even more mind-boggling, that's only 0.05% of Zuckerberg's $122.7 billion net worth. Yeah, there's definitely a part of me that was hoping that Facebook's like, what if it was just down forever? What if it just was such a disaster that Facebook just went away? I'd be sad to lose some old pictures. Other than that, I feel like it's a win. Yeah, that, that would be my choice. I think out of, like, I also don't like LinkedIn very much, but in terms of, like, global damage and, right. you know, distrust and all those fun things. But they were just testifying about... I, I saw like a, a roundup of like what came out of that testimony. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. I and also Zuckerberg's just an alien. Like I saw the, the picture of him wakeboarding or whatever. That's not what a human being does. That's <laughs> No human being wakeboards. Yeah, you should watch that 60 Minutes interview with the Facebook whistleblower. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting after yeah. all of our years on the inside being like, hey, everybody, this is scarier oh, than yes. you realize. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth paying attention to. Um, Owen McCarter writes in and says, Hey, Min Max, it seems like all my favorite video game podcasts and journalists are linked in some way, thanks to LinkedIn. No, he didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> now with the announcement of Trivia Tower All-Stars seemingly adding to this belief, how small would you say the games media world is and how connected is it overall? Oh, and we haven't announced Trivia Tower All-Stars yet. We're going to be doing that next week. Uh, but please get ready. It's going to be... Jeff, are you ready for this? How did he know about it? I talked about it on Min Max Council, the Patreon exclusive uh -huh. podcast, yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be big and it's going to be fun. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, the games media world. Uh, Janet, do you have a sense of this? It is. It feels small. It's pretty small. Um, there's like, without making it sound too clicky, which I know it is kind of clicky, but there's kind of like factions within it and they overlap, though, is the thing. And you can right. go to different teams pretty easily. So like, <laughs> you know, I... A lot of people know me more through like my IGN days, even though I started at other stuff. So like, in my mind, I have like my freelance squad of people that I knew... And then I, there was like the people that were like had staff jobs, right? Like the people quote unquote above me further in their career. Yeah. Then I like went into that faction and then I was part of that. And then I saw a lot of my freelance friends end up going to, you know, outlets because they're really good at their job and decide they want to do outlet work. So then that's how I, I know a lot of people at different outlets instantly. And then you have like, you know, here I'm on MinMax and I'm also on Kind of Funny. And then I also like no or like with yeah everyone just knows everybody for the most part um i think there are pockets where it's like oh i actually don't know like these people but like everyone's sort of connected in yeah some way. i mean it feels weird not having a convention for a couple years so it's kind of tough to stay tuned in but at least from my perspective i feel like i know people at outlets decently well and it's nice to stay friendly with everybody and at the same time People will bring up bring up some influencer or youtube person or, or twitch person i have not heard Basically, of anybody. There's a big disconnect between like video game journalists, yeah, and then influencers. Right. I've noticed because it's like the YouTubers and the Twitch streamers are all on one side, and then it's like the journalists and the podcasters and more of the news based are on like the other side. Right, right, and I, maybe maybe it's just lack of research, or maybe enough people on the journalist side aren't just keeping their eyes open and being fans of some of the best gaming content at the end of these days. I know that's. I need to spend more time just watching people on Twitch. I think it would really probably help in a lot of ways. 
Um, but yeah, Tanner Methven writes in and says, Hey, Min Max crew. While I and many others are celebrating Sora's debut in Smash Brothers, the Kingdom Hearts games are often mocked for their convoluted story. I'm sorry, Tanner, that Jeff went on that rant earlier. That seemed rude. With that in mind, how about a game of real or fake Kingdom Hearts plot points? Yay! I'll describe a story event and you guess if it's real or not. Full spoilers oh for all games, everybody. Full spoilers for all games. All right, Jeff, you're up first, Daddy-O. In the first game, it's implied Sora has parents or some sort of caretaker who we never see. In Kingdom Hearts Recoded, it's revealed that Sora's caretaker was the first key, an immortal Keyblade Master and the first person to open the door to Kingdom Hearts. His intention was to keep Sora away from the whole Keyblade conflict, but he failed. That sounds too specific not to be true. I'm sorry, Jeff, I'm, that is fake. Tanner is quite the writer. Wow. All right, Tanner's Janet. good at this. He's very good. All right, they Janet. Hired him. Look a lot. Janet, are you a Kingdom yeah, Hearts fan, by the way? No, never played any of the games. Um, All right. Probably never will. Let's Perfect. go. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. After escaping from the Tron world and reuniting with Yuffie and Aerith, Sora discovers that Tron can be tickled by typing on the real world keyboard. After Sora tickles him for a bit, Tron restores the memories of all the Final Fantasy characters. Fake? That is real, and that is the most convincing thing no, I've ever... No, that's true. You know when they said Aerith and another Final Fantasy character that it was true? By tickling Tron, Aerith and Yuffie have their memories back? This... These games actually sound kind of good. You keep like, like dumping on the story, but it's really it's it's all just kind of a fever dream with yeah, Disney characters. Yeah, a fever dream you want to sign up for. All right, here we go, Sarah. Somebody who has played every mainline Kingdom now, Hearts. Now game. I'm gonna get mine wrong. <laughs> all right, Vanitas takes Vanitas Vanitas takes his helmet off to reveal he looks like an evil version of Sora. He then says this is due to Sora succumbing to darkness in the upcoming second Keyblade War, the essence of which has pierced the boundaries of time. I'm going to say true because it references the Keyblade War. Fake. Although, ah. he says, although Vanitas does look like evil Sora. <laughs> okay, so the details there, they'll get you. Yeah. I knew that when like the wow. name wasn't like Sora respelled that it might be wrong, right. but I didn't play anything similar to the Keyblade War. I didn't get into the Keyblade Wars. Right. I, yeah, it was very revealing that you're like, I just played 1, 2, and 3, so I have no idea what's I going on. I didn't play on. like 2.5, 2.8, 1.2. 358 over 2. All right, mm -hmm. Jeff, while exploring the Lilo and Stitch world, the film's antagonist cloned Donald Duck and had him infiltrate the main trio. After being defeated, he simply vanished because he had no real soul to create a heartless or nobody. Say true because I want that to be true. I'm sorry, that is fake. Oh, that is very shaming. All right, Janet. The villainous Organization 13 gets its name from its 13 members. However, there was originally a 14th member, actually an artificial life form, who sacrifices themselves to help Sora regain his memories, though this wiped all memory of the 14th member from existence. Real? That is real! Janet wins! Yay. All right, Sarah, last one. When someone joins organization, organization 13, the letters in their name are scrambled with an X sure. added in to form a new sure. name. Hello? Hold on, don't buzz in too early to form a new name. With the X allowing serious antagonist Zehanort to seemingly Zehanort. gain some sort of power over them. This is revealed to be why he's able to track Sora, colon, Sora's shirt has a giant X on it. 
<laughs> I want to say that's not true, but it, it sounds so wild. I feel like it, I know I know that the, the first half was true, so okay. I'm going to say true. That is true. Okay. Oh my god, I almost got you to completely flip on your correct. Answer. I was like the X on Sora's shirt. That, I was like, I don't. I know Xehanort. Yeah, I, but take, I don't remember him being tracked via his shirt. I take it back. Kingdom Hearts is cool. Uh, all right, <laughs> what do y'all like for question of the week? I liked the one about freezing yourself. <laughs> I did too, but I spent a long time on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, top three board games was a real sneaker. That was good. They were all very well thought out questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all winners. Don't forget about which level would smell the best. Sarah, you missed that one. I'm sorry. That was at the top of the show. Wait, what did you guys say? Um, which, uh, which one do you think smells which... the worst? Cause we chose that one. Um, it was, oh. it was, it was a lot of like Mario talk. Mm. Yeah. Did you have an answer? No. Okay. I just want to know what I might be like the Mario party cake level. Right. But right. I said, I literally said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I said, I said the Mario Kart eight cake level. Yes, it's yes, the same yes. yeah. Mario cake. Um, uh, yeah. yes. Jeff, I'm you leaning in a direction. What do you like for question of the week? Well, that freezing one was diabolical and yeah. I don't like where it took me, but <laughs> it was a good conversation. It is good. All right. Let's give it to Devin here. Can everybody live with that? Yes. Great. Yeah, Devin, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations you won yourself. this fantastic uh switch game from i am 8 bit of course carto all right now it's time for something that we like to call get a load of this for everybody that's into the behind the scenes stuff i play that clip live now so that people at the backstage pass can hear it Actually, I should play it from a different spot that you, so that you all can hear it. That'd I was wondering why we were better. talking. Oh, yeah. We're just thinking about how amazing these are going to be. Um, Jeffem, you want to get it rolling? Yeah, get all over this. This uh, is an article from Board Panda, and it's entitled, Book from 1909 Explains Why Photos from the Past Look Flawless. And basically, it's all about how photoshopping pictures has been around forever. So, and they, they used to take pictures, you know, it would be like, superimposed onto a dry plate or whatever. Yeah. But then photographers would go in and like etch stuff out to make people look prettier than they actually did. Well, they couldn't have etched it's a freaking smile onto their faces? They probably did that too. I don't know. That's really A lot of times they didn't smile because it took so long for the camera to like go that if you smile and you lose the movement, it would right. create a blur. I know so that that's smile. realistically the answer. This is, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day though, about like what would happen though if you had a picture from like 1859 and it was just somebody smiling like a maniac. Like, if you had that up in your house, would people be, like, weirded out by you? Or would they just be like, why did you do that? That's such a weird move. Like, clearly smiling was still friendly back then. Why didn't anybody try to go for it? It's like when you see people in, like, the 1800 photos that are, like, recolored. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they do just look like us, but in old clothes. <laughs> and it's somehow upsetting and very yes. jarring to yeah. know that you are, like, steps away from being a pilgrim. Yeah. Oh, big time. Like, and they have the whole thing. I don't know if you've gotten down, gotten on this rabbit hole about like colorizing and like correcting the speed for like old city shots and stuff. Like mm -hmm. the comedian Pete Holmes is obsessed with talking about this on his podcast about like sometimes when he gets stressed out, he'll just boot that up on YouTube and just see people from like Paris in 1909 wandering around in color and then realize every one of those people is very worried about stuff and it just doesn't matter. They are Yeah, all and they're so also gone. all like very much dead Oh, now. as dead as can be. Yeah, absolutely. No point. Uh, should have froze themselves. Should have mm -hmm. froze themselves. Uh, we'd be having them on the podcast as a guest. And if you are frozen and you want to be on the podcast, just let us know. Uh, reach out at hanson at minmax.com. Um, get a load of this, everybody. 
Um, I'm still watching Mary Tyler Moore, which is fantastic. Um, I'm in the third season now. And they made a reference. This show is, I mean, this is like 1972, I guess, when these episodes are airing. Um, but they made a reference to like, ah, Mary, what are you going to do? Try that computer dating? And everyone got a good big laugh. And I was like, what? Computer dating in 1972? So I found this article from The Atlantic talking about the history of computer dating. And apparently it goes back to the 60s. And people would just get mail and fill out like a questionnaire, basically like your OkCupid or Tinder profile style questionnaire, and then send that in. And then they'd convert it into punch cards and put it in computers. And they'd use computers to be like, you know, and the advertisement was all over the top. But like, with the power of computing, it's like 4,000 brains in one. We will find you your perfect mate. And it was just like computer wife. It's just a bunch of old weird companies from the sixties, but fun stuff. Well, then do you think guys went in and just selected everything like they do on Tinder and I then it just so. punches everything and they just, yeah, yeah it was, I tough. can't stand those people. The people that swipe right on everything. They're like, I just want to increase my chances. I'm like this, you're that messing sucks. up the whole situation. And they had to put punch cards in for a bunch of guys holding fish, which yeah, seems you have to punch that. It's yeah. a Midwest staple. <laughs> uh, Janet, do you have something? Yeah, I get a lot of this. I feel like, again, this I have these weird product ones that I get excited about, but uh, Black Milk, Milk is uh, dropping their Legend of Zelda clothing line, and they just posted the photos of it. And one thing that's kind of fun with the photo shoot, too, is you could tell they were trying to, kind of trying to draw a little bit on the lore, but not so much that maybe it's a weirdly just trying to create a Nintendo shot. So they have, like, kind of Breath of the Wild-esque, like, set dressing. They have some weird stuff where it's, like... I guess you're supposed to be in a dungeon like you're just by some bricks and they have some stuff that leans on Skyward Sword too um, uh-huh. like for the stylings and stuff so uh, and for those that aren't familiar it's like it's a clothing company and they do a lot of like nerdy crossovers like they did Pokemon they did Animal Crossing they did Cyberpunk they did like maybe one other one um, in recent history so uh, I know a lot of people were were waiting with bated breath about what it was gonna what was gonna drop and some people are like oh man every time these drops happen it's just so painful because like the clothes are like a little bit expensive so yeah uh yeah getting hyped up for breath of the wild 2 which will be coming out the same day as horizon forbidden west you heard it here first mm-hmm. that's right yep predict it uh links below for all this fun stuff sarah you got something yeah get a load of this pokemon has a partnership with universal studio japan yeah so we're probably gonna get it was announced for 2022 they haven't announced a park yet but it's coming I can see it on the horizon. It's going to be Pokemon Land. Yeah, for sure. That's going I'm to... I'm very excited about oh it. Oh my god. Do you think it's going to be another uh, Japan thing? Are they going to start it's there? It's going to start in Japan, for sure. I think they're going to like attack it onto Nintendo World. Right. Um, I don't know if it'll stay in Japan. I hope not. God, that is... I hope not. They have a lot of opportunities for like the apps or like the wristbands or something. Like if you're just walking around the park and it's just you have to collect as many as you can. Yeah, Pokemon Go in the park like, oh, to get my you to God. get the app back out. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, did you get one from the community? Yeah, get a load of this. This one is solely for friend of the show, Joe Juba. Okay. So if anyone else is listening, just close your ears right now. Okay. But this one's from Paolo and it's a tweet from a... A uh, Twitter user called Lieutenant Columbo, and it says, in case you missed it, in the past couple of weeks, a Columbo fan and former private eye from Tulsa, Oklahoma, has had a chainsaw carving of the lieutenant made in his front yard out of a dead tree. And you should see it's lifelike. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Beautiful. And I feel bad because we had, we just had to cut down a tree in our backyard, and I blew a golden opportunity it's to ba- do a giant It's Columbo. basically like you murdered Columbo. Yeah. By just taking a tree down and not turning it into a Columbo. Uh, yeah, what we should waste. mention that uh, Joe Juba 
through his passion for Columbo, the old detective show, uh, he has taken over MinMax's Patreon, and uh, we're celebrating Columbo's Day on Friday, which means that we're basically going to have a deepest dive on the first episode of Columbo. So if you want to jump in, you can support us on Patreon. This will be on YouTube for everybody. If you want to submit a comment for us to read on our big Columbo's Day celebration, uh, you can head on over to Patreon and submit something good. We have a post up there now, but it's going to be a big Columbo love session, and Joe Juba is going to regale us for hours by talking about Columbo, so it should be a fun time. What what percentage of those comments are going to have a just one thing at the end of it? I think 60 to 70%. If I had to guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the name of the episode, by the way, is Murder by the Book, I believe. So if you want to watch that episode directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, however you can find it, we'll be talking about it. Um, also, thanks to multiple people who wrote in with Columbo-themed trivia for this episode, but it didn't seem like the right crew for Columbo trivia. <laughs> thanks, I, I, don't, I could not answer a single question. Well, you will be able to after celebrating Columbo's Day with us on Friday at MinMax, so thanks to Joe for forcing that to happen. Uh, let's see. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, deepest Dive on Metroid Dread. You can support the Game Club format and the format overall by heading over to Patreon. We'd love to have you participate and enjoy Metroid Dread with us and submit a comment for us to read. We'll have the post up on Patreon on Monday, looking for your thoughts on the first half of Metroid Dread, so even if you're at that $2 tier, you can submit a comment for us to read, and of course, at the $5 tier on Patreon, you unlock the podcast version of The Deepest Dive. Um, also, we have Better Quest coming up on Thursday with Jeff Cork that'll be going live Friday on our YouTube channel, where we're going to be setting personal goals uh, for ourselves throughout the month of October, and Janet's going to join us on this one. I'm very curious to see what your goal is, Janet. Should be a fun time. Is it going to be big and good? Uh, Sure. Okay, that sounds great. Turn into Better Quest, everybody. Um, let's see. Also, Brian Vore is doing a bang-up job on social media stuff, um, and he wants everybody to know that there's a new way to win a free game code. If you would like a code for Knockout City, quietly one of the undersung games of this year, actually, that, that dodgeball game that's very good. We have codes uh, available on all systems. So if you go on Instagram, MinMax's Instagram, which is MinMax Show, when you're listening to this, there will be a post up a post up on there that has all of our faces and it says, Hey, the new episode of the MinMax show podcast is live. If you like that post about the podcast, this specific podcast and leave a comment about your favorite part of the episode, you are in the running for a knockout city code. So give us a follow on Instagram. We'd appreciate it. And you can win a free game. Um, also this Saturday, something a little bit weird, but Jeff, um, get a load of this, please. Um, our documentary on the Oregon trail, the Oregon trails origins, it's up for a regional Emmy. And so I thought, well, why go to the Emmys by myself or with my lovely fiance? Also, tickets cost like $300, and that's insane. So why go by myself when we could just stream it and we could bring all of the MinMax community as the guest to the Emmys, since they're the one that nice. funds this whole operation? So this Saturday, MinMax goes to the Emmys, and we want you to join. We'll be doing a full reaction stream to the Midwest Regional Emmys. If you're a Patreon supporter, we'll have that post up for you. So if you want to jump in and look at some clips from the Midwest and see what wins an Emmy and see if the Oregon Trail documentary from MinMax wins an Emmy as well, you can jump on over, jump in. We'll have the link for you if you support us on Patreon because this is all because of you. So thank you so much. And let's all go to the Emmys together. Let's all get dressed up and have a lovely, fantastic evening with uh, champagne and fun stuff. Um, let's see. Janet, do you have something you'd like to plug? Um, well, we have our uh, Max Spoilers for um, 
what is it for life is strange true colors yeah uh, that's gonna be recorded tomorrow so that'll be up uh fairly soon and then what's say wednesday tomorrow i'm doing my um hot dog stream on my twitch channel where that's i'm right. wearing my hot dog costume and i'm playing animal crossing as just as a hot dog in the game um that's literally the whole idea people seem excited about it so it should be fun uh but yeah yeah those are uh, things coming down the pipeline sweet sarah you got anything you want to plug yeah, I have my Twitch channel at Seropods. We are playing the Outer Wilds DLC, which personally, I think is a little bit scarier than the Resident Evil 2 game. Really? Well, it says a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so playing that on my channel. And then again, you can find me on the MidMax channel every Tuesday playing spooky games for the season of October. Sweet. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll be streaming. I think I'm going to check out uh, Monkey Ball Banana Mania on Thursday on Twitch as well. So give us a follow on Twitch. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to everybody at the Thank You crew, the $50 crew that helps keep this whole indie trainer rolling. Thank you to Synced Up Podcast, Brian with a Y, Timmy Ty Oh No, Fixture Gaming, Fixture S1, I am 8 Bit, Zachary Pliggy, Ludwig Roque, Brian with a Y again. I got to correct that. Andrew Valla, Beaten Down Brian, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Jawar Hello, Mark Seliga, John Higby, Mirko Rico Torreno, Connor McCabe, Drew Waranis, Dan Valone, Steve Bamdad, Purebred Number Six, Clemens Zobel, Ted Riser, Star Killer, Spider Dan, Spiral in Your Eyes. Jeff, let me know this one. This next one. Yarla Prima Legato. You were right there. Pretham, Yarla Gata, and General Nadine 99. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good, have fun. Let's go. Let's go.